So underway with the first pitch here is Aaron Nola. Gets Jose Altuve swinging on the fastball. I may or may not be joined by Cooper Hopkins this evening, but John out here with you for Game 4 of the World Series. It's a 2-3-2 format, so this is the second game in the World Series at Citizens Bank Park. Aaron Nola, in his last start, gave up five runs. And we'll see how he's going to rebound tonight or whether or not the Astros even this series. I throw that in the poll. Anyone else that comes in here, you let me know. Do you think the Astros take this game tonight? Do you think the Astros must win this game tonight in order for them to continue their journey on and win a World Series? Altuve falls off the cutter. 89 miles an hour just on the outside of the black. And we'll do this again. So it'll be Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, and Jordan Alvarez leading off for the Astros. The only difference here for Dusty Baker is the bottom of the order right now. It's Christian Vasquez, Lemus Diaz, and Chaz McCormick, 7-8-9, as that's kind of been ruffled around a little bit. So Jose Altuve will dig in the 1-2 count. Nola getting set for the pitch. Jose Altuve hitting 156 in the postseason right now. And he reached for a fastball, and we will do this again. So Altuve is going to see at least five pitches right now, and we're just getting underway here. John on here with you for Game 4 of the World Series. I'm watching on Fox, broadcasting on Twitter Spaces, and on the YouTube side. I think I got everything set up. You guys let me know. Make sure we see what we see as far as the windows. That's going to be going on there tonight so you can see exactly what I'm looking at as far as windows and following along live with the box score so that way there's something going on so just make sure you guys let me know that is exactly what you're seeing it's a must get for the Astros they need to get their format to get yeah they do they definitely do right now I, I do believe them they have to get this one tonight if the Astros are gonna have their chance again they could, you know, lose tonight, then win the next one and get the next two at home, but I think you give yourself a much better chance right now. You feel good after the 7 nothing loss if you figure that out. Altuve, this is going to be flared to center field. Good jump there by Brandon Marsh, and Altuve is out. Six pitches. Marsh was able to hustle toward right center field, call off the right fielder, and catch it. So Altuve, Pena, Alvarez, Bregman, Tucker, Guriel, Christian Vasquez, Alemis Diaz, and Chaz McCormick is your order tonight for Dusty Baker's squad. Make no mistake about it, regardless of what happens with the Houston Astros, you would expect even next year they're going to be back in the same spot. What Houston's going to have to figure out over the next couple of seasons is how are they going to pay Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez. Those are guys that must be signed again for the Houston Astros. And again, Losing Carlos Correa and then getting Jeremy Pena at a much cheaper price and the development of that, it certainly helped. And that's how the Astros can continue to maintain the things that they want to do right now. Nola, pitch number eight right now, an 0-1 count against Pena. And a swing at the Yager, Pena was way out in front of it. So Aaron Nola, let's scroll down here a little bit in these notes. He features a curve, a sinker, a changeup a cutter and a four-seam fastball, <clears throat> ranging anywhere probably between the 78-mile-an-hour mark to about 95-96 is where Nola tops out, and that's where he's going to be in this game. 0-2 pitching, it's Pena. Swing and a miss again on the curveball, and Pena is going to take a seat as Aaron Nola has got himself off to a decent start. He gets a flare-out and a strikeout right now, and Aaron Nola 
since his last outing against Houston where he gave up five runs, they mentioned that he's only given up one run in the postseason right now at Citizens Bank Park as you get leverage on the Fox camera of the amount of drop on that curveball. That is just an elegant camera angle. But in the sense of this team plays much better in their home ballpark and all facets. It's a completely different Philadelphia team when they're at home. Not to say that they're not good on the road. They've won some games on the road, but they are absolutely shut down as Jordan Alvarez with a nice eye takes a 79-mile-an-hour curve just outside. And we'll do it again. 1-0 count against Alvarez. Again, we mentioned this with Jordan Alvarez, 3.06 in the regular season. He's got even splits pretty much across lefty and righty. He hits everybody for power. You make a mistake, they could absolutely be gone. Beautiful pitch on the knuckle curve. Caught the bottom right side of the box. 1-1 against Jordan Alvarez. That is just a perfect pitch. There's even no need for JT Realmuto to frame it because it's an absolute strike and a dot. Fastball, a little bit late there for Alvarez. He followed off the 95 down the left field line. It's now 1-2 and two against Air Jordan here. If he does reach, that will bring up Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman, they mentioned in the, in the Fox pregame, former college teammate there of Aaron Nola. So if he can get going off Nola, then that might send a good vibes there for Houston. That's what they mentioned. You try to get a pitcher off their game. Aaron Nola, I would expect... From the game one, giving up the five runs and the no decision, that he's going to be much better. His last five home starts, 3-0 record, 0.30 ERA with seven walks and 37 strikeouts. Three for 23 with runners in scoring position. So, opponents are not doing anything against Nola at home. He's ahead right now with two outs. He's got a 2-2 count against Alvarez, trying to get him out with pitch number 14. And Alvarez launches this one, but way foul. And we'll do it again. That had probably distance there, but they did not show the camera angles on the Fox side of it. But he got all of it. He just yanked it way foul. So let's see who's going to be World Series MVP. I guess, yeah, I guess that depends right now. You would say after game one, it might be Kyle Tucker. You'd say right now, probably Bryce Harper. Alvarez, good hit there. As he's going to slash this into medium deep left center field. And Alvarez is on base with two outs. So that's going to extend the inning for Alex Bregman. 1-1 one, one count now against Bregman. we got everything all settled. Nola and Bregman. Nola pitch number 18 right now. Bregman's got Jordan Alvarez at first. And he's going to cue this one off the hands. And we'll do it again. 1-2 and two count now as he followed off the 92 mile an hour cutter inside. Aaron Nola, 6'2", 200 pounds, 29 years old out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Again, between him and Wheeler... You talk about all the pitching that Houston has in the sense of Framber Valdez and Justin Berlander. When you counter with Nolan Wheeler, the Phillies definitely have the pitching too. And it's a situation where things can get quite interesting here as far between what these two can bring. And the crowd is alive and well right now in Philadelphia. They're trying to take a 3-1 series lead. It's really just underway here in Game 4 of the World Series. John on here with you commenting from Citizens Bank Park. Watching your local Fox feed. Again, you can catch that on any of your local channels. I appreciate anyone following along with the play-by-play -play and things like that on the YouTube side. Let me know if everything else is working for you on that side of it. So I got my windows up there so you can follow along with a little bit of the box. You get the commentary as well. So everything else should be good on that side. 1-2 count against Bregman. 
with two outs. He's going to cue this one toward Gene Segura. It's going to be a tough play, but he's going to make it as he throws to Reese Hoskins. And the Houston Astros, they get out of it. It's going to be the Philadelphia Phillies now, up to bat, bottom of the first. Same group for Philadelphia Phillies in the bottom of the first. It's Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, JT Romuto, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, Alec Bull, Bryson Stott, Gene Segura, and Brandon Marsh is your one through nine for Rob Thompson's squad. Christian Javier will be on the mound right now for the Astros, a 25-year-old, 11-9 in the regular season with 254 ERA, .95 whip, 194 strikeouts. He throws a four-seamer, a slider, a curveball, and a changeup, ranging anywhere from 94 miles an hour to the top end of 77 in the least. So that's what he mixes in. And they say that the Philadelphia Phillies have not seen Javier a lot, so that could give the Houston Astros a significant advantage here tonight. This guy is someone that will not go deep. The most he could probably go is six innings, but that puts you in a situation where, you know what, if he gives you a strong five or six, Houston can be in a really good spot, although this lineup has been exceptional at home. They've already had 24 home runs in the postseason. Philadelphia Phillies ball one inside as Javier busting with a 93-mile-an-hour fastball, and it's one of the leadoff man, Kyle Schwarber. So again, last season numbers, or this season numbers, I should say, 218, 46 home runs, 94 RBI, 200 strikeouts, 86 walks, and a legit power threat in Schwarber. And he will be patient, although he fouled off, <laughs> he fouled off that pitch there, but he will be patient as far as working a walk. He's seen that in the... Game three last night when he's able to work that walk and then Bryce Harper had a two-run shot. Schwarber's pretty selective about what he likes to swing at, but if he likes one, he will let it go. So 1-1 one, one against Kyle Schwarber. Going to be digging in there to Christian Vasquez. He's going to catch tonight. Martin Maldonado is going to get the night off. Christian Vasquez, you would think, is the better hitter than Maldonado. And Dusty Baker has to do something to be able to get his team going as you're getting a secondary look on the Fox feed of Christian Javier and his pitch delivery. Pretty good there as far as what his mechanics would be and fouled off and stayed alive as Kyle Schwarber will do this again. Still a 1-2 count. He's about to see pitch number 5 for the leadoff man. As we really just underway, John Hunter with you at the bottom of the first. It's Game 4 of the World Series. Houston Astros need to win this one to get this tied to 2-2. That really is all there is about it right now. Philadelphia takes a 3-1 series lead. Philadelphia might be lifting this thing. we got a long way to go since then, though. 1-2 count for Schorber. This Javier kicks and fires. Fastball. Drive to the left field side, and that is going to get caught. Almost at the warning track by Alemnis Diaz. So Schorber gave it a ride. Stayed in the ballpark, and that's going to bring up Reese Hoskins. So Hoskins at home, 318, five home runs, 11 RBI in the 2022 postseason. It's about as good as it gets. Philadelphia is one of those guys in Reese Hoskins that they held on to him for a while because they knew the power that he can bring in the first base position. There is a lot of slugging first baseman out there, no doubt about that. But they wanted to see what Reese could deliver, give him a decent contract. That's what he's got right now. He's been exceptional in the postseason, and they want that to continue right now. And if it does for Philadelphia, for the way that these guys are playing, they could do themselves a favor here tonight and get a big win. Javier missed with the curve as it went all the way down low, and Hoskins spit on it. So 1-0 against Reese. 
Number two batter in the lineup right now. JT Realmuto will be next. Hoskins as Javier. This one gets popped behind Christian Vasquez. He's going to have a look at it, but that's it and that's all. 1-1 one, one count. So I hope you've been enjoying this World Series coverage. I will be here. Hopelesssportsguy.wordpress.com at the end of the night to give you your complete written coverage and the uh, recorder audio here on the side of it where it's just going to get none of the fluff. It's going to be all of the direct commentary of the game. And then I'll be here for tomorrow. And then if needed, it'll be Saturday and Sunday for game six and seven. Hoskins takes the 2-1 pitch outside. About six feet off with the fastball there at 96. That's probably where Javier is going to top out in most part. So he is a guy that is capable of striking out these Philadelphia Phillies batters. And we'll see how that extends tonight. And we'll see how long Javier is going to go. Dusty Baker's bullpen is pretty well rested. So if Javier can do his job and go like five or six, you'd think they'd be in a good good space. So 6-0 record, postseason at home, 7 runs a game, 54 hits, 17 home runs. Most at home in NL postseason history with 29 extra base hits. This offense has been absolutely unstoppable. And that's been the moniker that Philadelphia has been able to ride, and not to mention their bullpen has been unblemished in the World Series. As you get a wonderful shot about the lady that thinks she's going to get hit with the baseball, but she's got the net in front of her. <laughs> But that's why you have the net there. You don't want these people on their cell phones sometimes to get whacked in the head with a baseball and have anything happen, because sometimes that does happen. 2-2 two, two count. Javier way up high with the fastball. And Hoskins works it to a full count. Pitch number 11 will be upcoming for Javier, JT Realmuto. He had, uh, I think, three punch-outs last night. He did not get a base hit. He was the hero in... Game one, they hit the walk off the 10th inning. Hoskins will slam this one. This is going to go about shortstop side. It's going to be called off and picked up by Jeremy Pena. And two up, two down for Christian Javier. That will bring up JT Realmuto. 31 years of age now. 276 is your average with 22 bombs and 84 RBI. 119 strikeouts, 41 walks. Good all-around catcher. He's won the gold glove again this year. And the one thing about JT Realmuto that is a lot different coming from a bunch of other catchers there is a sense of this guy has some wheels. He's got 21 stolen bases, and he was one of the top getters. I think he was the top getter for the Philadelphia Phillies as far as stealing bases this year. And that's not something that's too prevalent for catchers out there. So he takes pride in it, and he says he wants to be able to run the bases, and that makes him a legitimate threat all the way across whether it's catching the ball playing defense getting hits he can do a little bit of everything so 245 is real mutual in the postseason he's behind 0-1 on the count javier rocks and fires and the fastball with the changeup is way down low it's 1-1 now so christian javier they mentioned in the broadcast he is going to be the wild card as far as what dusty baker is going to be able to bring it's just a specific sequence where I can just leave it to you real like this. If he gives up one run or less in six innings of work, I think that's an absolute success there for Dusty Baker, and then he'll go to his bullpen. Javier's not going to go incredibly deep, but if he can do just enough, and the Houston Astros bat can find themselves a way to be alive in this and continue wrong, then they'll be okay. Swing and a miss was real muto, so four 
straight strikeouts, I believe, for Real Muto in his last plate appearances. That's going to bring up the Houston Astros. It's silent after one. We're scoreless. Kyle Tucker out to the dish now as Aaron Nola is going to greet him. And that was fouled off with the fastball. Kyle Tucker, and we'll do this again, 94 miles an hour. A little bit early out in front. It was a good spot to hit. And Kyle Tucker in game one, it was three hits, two bombs, and four RBI in a 6-5 loss. Houston was up five runs. Philadelphia came storming back, took game one, stole it. Yeah, a minute made. Kyle Tucker. Had a chance to do this again, because again, Nola was the one he hit it off of, so you got to feel pretty confident there if you're Kyle Tucker. And he falls off the fastball again, so now it's 0-2. What's going on? So 0-2 count now against Tucker. And he smashes this one to the right field line. This is going to get past Nick Castellanos and get right to the wall. And to get this in quickly, Kyle Tucker... Has himself a double. So Kyle Tucker feels pretty comfortable right now, you'd say, against Aaron Nola, wouldn't you? In the sense of now it's pretty much four hits against Aaron Nola in limited plate appearances. I think like four hits and five plate appearances. So Kyle Tucker certainly feeling confident with all of that. Let's pull up the rosters here again. I'll get my notes in there. Sorry about moving these windows. So let's bring up Yuri Guriel, number six batter in the lineup here for Dusty Baker's squad. He smashes this one toward the third base side of Alec Bohm. And now they're trying to tag for third. And Tucker heads up play to be able to get a sacrifice there. Really worked that way nicely as Guriel grounded right out to Baum, but Tucker just said, you know what, I'm going to take third base and get myself in scoring position. you got to love the heads-up play there. So Kyle Tucker, heads-up base running. It's going to get Houston Astros a runner at third with one out, and this is going to be a big-time opportunity for Christian Vasquez. They will get deep a little bit in there. If he gets a deep fly ball, Houston can get their first run of the contest. What's going on? Let me see if I can, uh, I'll put you in here for a second there on the Twitter spaces. If I get my uh, main guy in here, Cooper Hopkins, will move it around. What's going on, man? Yeah, what up, brother? How we doing? Following along on the uh, local Fox speed of the World's World Series. Any particular teams that you're rooting for here today, or are you just enjoying the game? Uh, let me ask you this first. What, do you have a dog in the race, or are you just a baseball fan in general? Uh, I'm just a baseball fan in general. My team is the Detroit Tigers, and they're not going to be relevant for a long time. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm a diehard Padres fan. So uh, as you can see in my pick, got Manny. Um, I just wanted to talk ball. I just tried to join a Philly space, and they just fucking kicked me out for no – I didn't even say shit. I actually want the Phillies to win, but, like, you know how I feel. Like, I just want to talk ball. So it sounds like you're – the only one who's talking ball right now, so we'd love to just have a combo and just talk about the game, so. So what do you say right now with Philadelphia at home in Citizens Bank Park? They're doing nothing but the miraculous stuff at this point. You think they win this game tonight, or do you I think, think they they're a team of destiny similar to the uh, Nationals? 
the Nationals with Juan Soto and Max Scherzer just from a couple of years ago in the sense that Strasburg, yeah. Soto, Cowie Hendrick. I think they're the team of destiny. Um, you obviously wait. I'm trying to think the Central. Now you, the Astros are in the West. Do you? Who, who do you want? Um, with all the stuff that's been going on with Houston over the years, I'm going to wait one second here to see what Alemis Diaz does in this pitch. So 0-1 is going to follow this one off. Uh, no, uh, I think with Houston in the sense of I'm still thinking about all the stuff that happened with the scandals there alongside with the Red Sox, I would probably yeah. rather go for Philadelphia. But at the same time, I don't, I don't really like either one of these teams. <laughs> so let me give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, uh, obviously Houston cheated, that was proven, but you know what? I'm not gonna, like, expose them of that, but with the Red Sox and, the, and then the Yankees were proven, every baseball team cheats. I think that the, and this is just my personal opinion, like mm-hmm. I said, I've, I have no affinity to Houston, like, at all. Um, I think the, they fell on the sword for the MLB. Because the MLB didn't want a huge ass cheating scandal to come out to protect their league, and I think the Astros took that ring, fell on the sword. Um, you know, obviously, uh, fucking what's his name? Your guys's manager, uh, AJ Hinge. Yes. You know, got fired, got suspended. You know, was was kind of the uh, martyr of that whole cheating scandal. Listen, man, I don't. I don't necessarily, well, I don't know. I'm trying to draw a line. And I don't know if you disagree with this. I don't have a problem with cheating. If you don't, if you don't try and cheat, you don't try and win. And when you're a fucking, in the World Series, you take whatever advantage you can get. However, what the Astros did, I think, went a little over the line. But then you look at the Red Sox, you look at the Yankees. I mean... I think the Astros fell on the sword. I think that... I actually saw a perfect analogy the other day ago, and, and you'll laugh at this as a grown man. It's like when you cheat on your girlfriend, you get back together, and then five years later, she's like bringing it back up. And it's like, <laughs> okay, like we've been over this. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I, I personally want the Phillies to win just because... Um, I think that they're a team of destiny. I respect them. You know, as a Padre fan, and, I mean, as a Tigers fan, you can understand, man, we've been through fucking hell and back. Hell and back. Yeah. And just beating the Dodgers in that NLCS was the happiest I've ever been in sports in my entire fucking life. And it sounds sad as a Padres fan, but it's true. And, like, a lot of people think that, you know, because San Diego is, uh, you know, we only have the Padres, blah, blah, blah. There's a bunch of bandwagon fans. That's so not the case, man. Like, I've been to, I was at the last Padres home playoff game when they played the Cardinals in 14. When uh, I was at Trevor Hoffman's record-breaking save. I was at Manny's first game, Tatis's first game. Been to like 200 Padre games. Like I'm a diehard fan. I went through some shit. So to like watch this team finally spend money 
which, I mean, you know, obviously it relates to somehow the Chargers. The Chargers leaving, Peter Seidler, our owner, saw an opportunity and said, let's make this a baseball city, which it's always been, to be honest with you. Um, And they spent the money, and the the results showed, and I swear to God, man, winning that Dodgers series, I cried grown man tears. Hey, I don't blame you. I know how that goes sometimes. And I don't know if you know, I mean, I'm sure you do know, but, like, if you live close to them, the Dodgers fan base out of every single fucking sport I follow is the worst, trashiest fan base, least knowledgeable fan base on earth. So to beat them feels amazing. Yeah, there's always certain fan bases that are big like that, that are very bandwagon. I would say probably Dodgers, but I, I would actually agree with you on that side of it. Just to catch everybody up here one, really quickly. One point I would like to make is the other side of the things is I also respect the Dodgers organization because yeah. they are the best at developing talent. Yeah. In the, like, like, there's a reason they're so good every single year. Like, they're such a good organization. Damn nice fucking swing right there. As McCormick strikes out and so does Diaz, so the Phillies get out of it and Aaron Nola leaves there two There we go, base. Nola. I think Nola's locked in. But yeah, back to the Dodgers. I hate the fans. I respect the organization. You know, they, they sign a lot of players, which I have no problem with. The Padres obviously sign a lot of players. But you look at the players they develop. Dustin May, Bueller, Verdugo before he got traded. You, you could go on and on and on. They are just a machine. Yeah. And to watch them fail every single year in the playoffs <laughs> is almost better than winning the World Series for the Padres. And then to finally beat them in the playoffs, when Dave Roberts went on before the year and said, we're winning the World Series, and then to lose to the Padres, man, I cannot tell you how happy that makes me. That's why, like, this series is a wash for me. As sad as that sounds. I, I, I know how you feel. When you got bitter rivals like that and you want someone to I, I get that. It's, for me, I guess it's one of those situations where if my team was actually good enough and I'd have some rivalries and it'd be something. The only thing I get to watch that kind of pisses me off, I'll just throw this out there because you can laugh at this. Dave Dombrowski is the former GM of the Tigers when we got smoked by the Cardinals in 06 and then smoked by the uh, San Francisco Giants in 2012 and then Nick Castellanos over here that couldn't field, and he was stuck on the first and third baseline. I'm sitting there watching him making diving catches in right field. (laughs) So you want to know a really funny story that you won't believe is true, but Mm -hmm. I hope you do. So I went to the University of Oklahoma, um, which is Dave Dombrowski's daughter. I was friends with her daughter, uh, Darby Dombrowski, Mm -hmm. and she was... And I, I don't mean this rudely. I mean, she, like, I, I mean, <clears throat> I hope this between you and I. She was dumb as a rock. You oh, know? man. Um, and Dave Dombrowski traded, I mean, he has a tendency of bouncing teams, traded away Mookie. He does. Top, yes. Go ahead. No, he does. Go ahead. Traded away Mookie for a, 
I mean, Verdugo's incredible, but he'll never be Mookie. Come no. on, man. Traded away for a bag of fucking peanuts because they didn't want to pay him. And Dombrowski's now jumping on the Phillies. And I don't, I mean, it's just Phillies magic. So I have nothing against Dombrowski, but I mean, it just, how the Dodgers got Mookie is, is so beyond me. It's going to bring up Bryce Harper to the dish. Let's go, Bryce. We'll Come on, see Bryce. what Bryce is all about. He has been exceptional so far. Oh, my God. He's here. been, I mean, he, he fucked us up. He fucked us up. <laughs> And, and like I said, I have literally zero animosity towards the Phillies. I hope they win. Like, for the Padres to make the the, the CS was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Christian Javier and Christian Vasquez couldn't get on the same page and block that pitch, so it's going to be a 1-0 count now for Bryce. So I was listening to an Astros base last night, and they were all arguing about Malnado. Or is that is that the catcher, right? That's Malnado? Vasquez tonight. Well, was is Maldonado the other catcher, yes, correct? Yes, he's their main catcher, yes. Correct. So the, I was in an Astros base last night, and they're all bitching and complaining about Malnado. But, and this is my baseball sense, I would rather have a good catcher-wise and a catcher. good bat. But yeah. Christian Vasquez has obviously proven he can... Oh, Bryce, you got to take that pitch. You got to yeah, swing that it that That was a 94-mile-an-hour fastball that you would think up toward those hands that he could smoke out of here. That was going 465 <laughs> if Bryce had swung that right there. That was a meaty pitch there for Bryce. We'll see what he does. Oh, man, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see what Javier throws. Down and low, you think? I think so. Set him up with the okay. off-speed pitch. Yeah. No, he went, uh, wow, he went with the same play. eye level. Now, now you got to go down and low, huh? I think so. I, I'm going to go right back to it and say that he tries to set up Bryce, get him out in front. Yeah. You know, you, you clearly know baseball. I mean... I don't cover it a lot. I cover more uh, NHL, NBA, and the affiliates. I, I got, I got a, ooh, that was a good call there for Bryce. Let's be honest. Yeah, yep, that, that was a strike. That was a strike. That was a strike. Perfect pitch oh, wait. by Javier. Oh, that was nice a good frame. Call. That was a good frame. That's the other thing you got to talk about with the robotic strike zone. That might take away the frame Woo! jobs of these. Let's pitches. go, Phils. Let's go, Phils. And Bryce Harper. Wait, so I'm sorry. So who are your who are your main teams? So I'm from Detroit. So okay. with with the exception, I'm going to give you this. I don't root for the Lions because they suck, and there's no reason to ever you know waste time on them. So okay. for me, for me, it is the Pistons, the Red Wings, and the Tigers. Although okay. the Red Wings is all I really have right now. <laughs> okay, so I'm a Lions apologist. I want the Lions to do as well as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, being from San Diego, once the Chargers left, we have no team. So my team is actually whoever plays the Chargers. But my second team is the Lions just because I feel so bad. Oh, man. I feel bad for you. <laughs> no, I, You know what? I don't because Dave Spanos, you're, very, you're really into the NFL, I'm sure. Nick Castellanos could have swung out of his shoes on that one. It's 0-1. Got Bryce at first. You you know a lot about the NFL or no? Uh, some. 
Um, that's probably okay. my least. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, Damn, that, uh, uh, with a massive swing there, but he didn't catch up with the off-speed pitch. And Christian that Javier wasn't even a slider. That was a, that was some type of change. Um, but the Chargers move is what has everyone hate Dean Spanos, the owner of the Chargers, with more than anything in their heart. Damn, Cassianos. I that. He swung way out in front of it. Christian Javier got him all sorts of messed up, and that yeah. was just a little too easy there for Javier. Yeah. Oh, God. He attacked that outside left zone every pitch. He did. And three, break, three breaking balls. Castellanos did not look confident in that A.B. He did not. That was one of the ones where he got all sorts of messed up. Not like the one in game one when he was hitting the ball off his no. shoe tops. <laughs> he Who's up now? Who's the... Who's... Oh, here we go. So Alec Bohm will be due up to the dish now. Again, he was the one that had World Series home run number 1,000 last night. Yep. And we'll see what Bohm can do batting six in the order against Javier. You guys got to stop biting on that way out slider. Of the off-speed pitch again. That looked like the slider in the bottom of the zone. And you got to stop biting on that slider. Yeah, Javier. He just threw, he just right threw three in a row outside the zone. At least take a pitch. And if you're... Christian Javier, right? You keep going back to it if these guys right, don't throw have it again. On it. <laughs> or give him an inside heater and get him off the plate. Harper takes a cautious lead at oh. first base. And he was a little ahead of that fastball. There's Bohm. It's 0-2 now. With Harper still stationed at first base. John on here with you on the play-by-play. -play. It's game four of the World Series. We're on YouTube and Twitter spaces right now. I have a guest host with me right now that just wanted to talk baseball, and we're going to leave that at least going here for the next bottom of the half. If Cooper Hopkins does join me, then he will be taking over some of the play-by-play -play with me. This is a toss over okay. to Javier. But we'll keep you in here at least for another inning if you want to hang out. Yeah, I mean, I just want to talk ball, man. Come on, bum. You know, he's actually been great on these 0-2 counts. We'll see what happens with Eric Alec Bohm here now on the 0-2, but again, we get another throw over. That one was a little closer. And for some reason, they're taking an extra cautious look at Bryce there. I think it's because they know Bryce's, uh, what is his ankle, knee? Is that what it is? That's good inside information that I don't know. What's going on, man? How are you doing? 0-2 count. Still on Alec Bohm. Good take. Good take. And he thought about it there for a second, but that was a great take there by Alec Bohm, and I was going to try to work it back into his favor at 1-2. Did Cooper say that he was going to hop on here, or is he going to come on there later? If you know, you can shoot me a, a message. doesn't matter either way. I'm going to be here for this game for hopelessfortsguy.wordpress.com with the game story after. Followed off by Bohm. He stays alive. And Christian Javier's night will be pitch number 29. With one out, Bryce Harper. 29, 29 through two with one out. That's what the Phillies need. 
Yeah, it's, that is what they need right now, because they're saying Dusty Baker with Christian Javier would probably go six at most. Phillies have oh, seen Javier a lot. One, two count now. Nope. Boom. Nice. Good take. Good take there by Boehm. Harper wasn't going anywhere. Vasquez. I think Javier's, Javier's losing that kind of outside slider right now. He looks nervous. Look at him. You can see he did lose the grip on that uh, pitch the last he couple yanked times. That. There. He did. He yanked that. What do you think about Dusty Baker? What do I think about him as a manager? Yes. Uh, here, let me wait for this, A.B. 2-2 two -two pitch against Bone. Fuck! Oh, Harper Christ. goes! He's safe. So um, Bone touches out, Harper's safe. What do I think about Dusty Baker? So here's how the Padres operate. And I wonder this is how every other team operates. Because I know this is for a fact for the Padres. A.J. Preller, our GM, president of baseball ops, has every decision made regardless of the manager. Mm -hmm. So whether Dusty Baker wants to make a roster or a lineup change, a uh, bullpen change, whatever, it all comes from the front office. So I hear a lot of Astros fans bitching and complaining about Dusty Baker. I don't know if that's how it works in Houston. I know that's how it works in San Diego. So that's where I'm a little like confused of how people think about Dusty Baker. Yeah, because I know that he's won one, I believe, as a player, but he's never won one as a manager. Oh, my God. How are you? And that was a take that froze Bryson Stott, apparently. I thought he might have let one go there on the fastball. That was a good pitch to hit. So two out runs in the 2022 postseason, 21 of them in wins for the Phillies. So they're really good with two outs. They got Bryce Harper at second, and we'll see what happens here with Bryson Oh, Stott. God damn it. He's going to follow this one off the hands. Or it's going to be so, easy there for... To answer your question about Dusty, I think, uh, and I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm of the opinion that managers are simply a um, skeleton for the front office. They can walk up and make the pitching change. I know that's how it works for the Padres, which is what I'm basing it off of. Like I said, I don't know that's how it works for the rest of the league. But based on analytics... Stuff like that. I don't believe managers have as much decision making as people believe they do. That's interesting. I wouldn't say that I disagree with all that. The only thing I would say in the Philadelphia Phillies case at this point, I think every time Rob Thompson goes to his bullpen and he's got the. Uh, he seems like he's rolling nothing but sevens at the craps table right now. Like He's just making the right decisions. I know the players have to perform, and I'll give you that. But, yeah, I mean, there's a, I think there's a perfect balance, and this is where baseball has started to become, you know, a little tilted. There's a perfect balance between analytics and eye test. Mm -hmm. And when you go too analytical, like the Yankees do, you see what happens. When you go to eye test, I can't think of a team off the top of my head, but you need to have the perfect balance, and a lot of the teams struggle with that. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think that's exactly what you want. You want someone that can do a little bit of everything. Hell, you want a front office that can do a little bit of everything. I think that's the perfect balance and harmony is hard to find, but that's what makes a great organization. Right, and, and, and that's where, in my opinion... 
The Dodgers struggle. They're purely analytical. That's why they lose every fucking year in the postseason because they stick to analytics. If you watch that Padres series, I think they yanked Tyler Anderson in the seventh in like game three, game four, whatever, when he was dominating us. Um, just went purely analytical. And it cost them the series. But then you have some eye test teams that don't use any analytics. And it's like you can clearly see this guy struggling. You know, you want to get lefty-righty. So you got to have a perfect medium. Um, I think the emergence of analytics in baseball has gone way too far. I think it was a huge trend that worked for a while while a lot of teams were adjusting. But now that every team has... Harvard and Yale graduates working for their organization running analytics at the most extreme, you know, ex-WOBA, BABIP, like stuff like that to the T, you know, that's where it gets a little like those guys don't watch the game. They don't see that, you know, uh, like Real Muto's on the screen right now. If they don't see that Real Muto is either looking fired up or looking unconfident. Right. Like... You know what I mean? So here's a chance now for Jose Altuve against Aaron Moore. Another ground out. Top Come of on, the Bob. order. And that was a good throw there for Baum. But they're going to go ahead and make sure. You got the cops coming after you over there? I'm just throwing this over there just in case we have a little bit of mute situation. I want to get you guys thinking that there's uh, some sirens going on. So, Aaron Nola. One up, one down against Altuve, and there was no appeal. And that will bring up Jeremy Pena. I, ap I apologize for some of the other stuff. I was trying to uh, get some other concurrent viewers in there. Uh... Thank you so much, anyone following along on the Twitter spaces and the YouTube side. Jeremy Pena now. We'll get set to dig in. As this one is called with the yacker, and that one is going to be a strike against Pena. Sorry, you have me muted, brother. Uh, yeah, there was sirens going off right outside my window, my bad. No, you're good. I just wanted to make sure. So it's 1-1 one, one oh. now. So I'll have you stick around for another inning with me here. We'll finish the third, and then I'll probably just go ahead and take this one. But I appreciate you coming in and uh, leaving some thoughts and opinions about your baseball team and watching the World Series with me. Are you going to, like, open your own space? I'd love to just listen. I'll be able to leave this one open if you want to just hang out. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can, uh, you know, I know we've talked a bit. I. I feel like I have some decent baseball input. I'd love to listen to other people, but, uh, you know, obviously I'm not a, like, dickhead fan to either teams or, you know, shit talker or whatever, so, but I'm down to listen, and then sometimes maybe I can just give a quick five-second interval, you know, speaking. If not, I'm just down to listen. All right, no problem, because I don't know if I'm going to get uh, my other guy in here or not. It might just be me here for this game on the Twitter spaces. I just have some other windows open on the YouTube side to keep people entertained as far as the box. And hey, man, the what's your, what's your well. YouTube? Let me, uh, let me sub to it because I don't have uh... It's just uh, it's just at John Reinot. Just give me one second, man. I'm pulling up my computer. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of friends here, so uh, Twitter spaces is kind of my like way to talk, talk ball. No problem. 
2-2 count against Pena. No you said you're in Detroit? Yes, I am. Are you a, uh, are you a Spartan or are you a, a Wolf? I think this is a uh, U of M household. I went to Oakland University. That was in Rochester Hills. But if I declared okay. anything on the Spartan side, I'd probably get beheaded. <laughs> okay, yeah. so... Yeah, like I said, I went to Oklahoma, and you said you said it's a Wolverine household, correct? Yes. That shit that happened this weekend was disgusting. We could talk a little bit more about that when we get to the bottom of the inning there, because I, I do have something to say about it, because I absolutely agree with you. Jordan Alvarez will now step up to the dish again. you got to be careful with this guy. 25-year-old, 306 in the regular season with 37 home runs and 97 RBI. Yeah, Nola loves to throw that. Uh, I hope Nola keeps him outside because Jordan can turn on anything inside. Yes, he can. Doesn't matter the handedness, anything inside, he will launch it. I Let's see. Ooh. And that was an off-speed pitch. Good. Pitch I like that. that. I like that pitch. I like that pitch. Good pitch at the bottom of the 80, box. There. Eighty-eight miles an hour. One one. One of one, I should say, is Jordan Alvarez. Digs in a meal, one count. Pitch number 46 upcoming for Aaron Nola. So he's about where he needs to be in the pitch count. Busting in with high yeah, I would, At the bottom of this inning, I would like to talk about that Michigan stuff. I mean, you're going to be a little bit ahead of me right now because I'm streaming this on the TV side, so I'm not watching it. Okay. Right. I like I'll, I'll wait for you, man. I got, like I said, I got. Alvarez will shoot this one go. toward left there center field, and that one's caught there by Kyle Schwarber and Philadelphia Phillies and Aaron Nola. Get out of it again. We'll see what they do in the bottom of the third. So, yeah, for the Michigan side of it, I thought it was pretty ugly. I, I do want to be diplomatic and say I saw maybe one or two Michigan players go in the tunnel at the same time the, the state players did, but then what the state players did was, I don't know, borderline what? What was the thing that happened with with the Cleveland Browns and the Philadelphia Steelers where, what was it, Miles Garrett took his helmet and smashed the quarterback, Mason Rudolph? Well, the, the state players... Took the quarterback and smashed the helmet. I'm still here. Maybe, maybe it bounced Shit. in and out. Well, I was gonna say, on my side of it, when you when you thought about that, he's he's lagging a little bit. But in the sense of what happened on that side, wasn't good. There was an attack in the middle of the tunnel there between Michigan and Michigan State, and it was just ugly. You can talk about what you want on both sides of what you want to happen or what you don't want to happen, but I, I can think... Can you hear me, John? Yes, I can hear you now. Let me try to have him add him back in. Okay. But you can talk about what you want to have happen and what you don't want to have happen in that situation, but when you got players attacking other players in the tunnel, it's not good. So you had some suspensions there a little bit for... Some of the Spartan players, four of them got suspended, and if they're kicked off the team, I guess that's the price that you have to pay. But I would just be very careful and very diplomatic to say that it's it's all one way or the other. You can't cry foul and black and white on everything, 
But what happened was ugly, and what happened was not part of the rivalry. It wasn't part of the game. It became something personal, and that's what we got to leave out of the game like that because that's more of an assault than anything else about the game. I would just say that. Notre Dame, um, in the sense of how do you think the season's going and all that, how do you feel about your team? Notre Dame, it was always interesting to me because they're always non-conference, right? So, no, that works. you got to just win a ton of games in order to be able to get to where you need to get to. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Four on the Twitter spaces right now. I appreciate you, uh, Mayor Paul, following along on this uh, game four of the World Series as Christian Javier is going to be back in the bottom of the third inning. And it just goes to show that I need to update my YouTube chat box and have that go along. So it's going to be ball one now against Gene Segura. Again, that box would be a little bit ahead of my stream. I'm probably about 15 seconds behind all of that. So, oh, okay. Pitch number 34. Bust Gene Zagura inside. And we'll, we'll do this again. Gene Zagura 2-0. He's got some leverage here because he's one of those guys that can put bat to ball. No doubt about that. The former Seattle Mariner for Cooper Hopkins squad. Again, he was a guy that could hit above 300. And he pops this one up. Vasquez is going to have a look at it. He will have no play. So for Gene Zagura, he's batting 277 in the regular season with 10 bombs, 33 RBI, 58 strikeouts, 25 walks. Good contact hitter, good defense as well. Christian Javier, 72% of the fastball, 28% of the slider right now. That's all he's thrown for the situation where he's got about four different pitches. He's primarily sticking with the two-pitch mix of the fastball and the slider. 2-1 now against Zagura. Another fastball, and this one's a little bit late as it's fouled on the first baseline, and Segura will do this again. Pitch number 37 upcoming here for Christian Javier. We're still scoreless in the bottom of the third right now. Javier. Going to lock on the signs here with Christian Vasquez. He's a kick and deliver. And Segura will fight that one off one more time. Still 2-2 is the count. So not the first two games for Notre Dame, but they have recovered from them. They're doing pretty good. I, I appreciate all that stuff, and I appreciate you following along, Mayor let me make sure I give you a follow, too, at the end of it, because you've been in here consistently with me. 2-2 so, against Segura. This one slammed toward the center field side, but Chaz McCormick, that was a little bit high more than distance, and it's going to be bringing up Brandon Marsh. Again, Brandon Marsh was pretty good in last night's contest. Had a single, had a bomb, 375 average, one home run, one RBI, three runs scored. Youngest Phillies player ever with home run in the World Series at 24 years and 318 days. is required from the Angels on August 2nd. So right now, for the Philadelphia Phillies, again, if you want to talk about how they got there, they won 
the wild card against the St. Louis Cardinals, 6-3-2-0. The NLDS against the Atlanta Braves, three games to one. They defeated the San Diego Padres four games to one, and now they are in the World Series trying to take a big 3-1 advantage. The Houston Astros, I believe, must win this game tonight, not only to extend this series, but to have their significant hopes of winning a World Series and keeping it alive. So 1-0 count now against Marsh. And delivered way high with the fastball, so the two-pitch mix has not failed Christian Javier just yet. But he is behind. It's about 41 pitches in his day through two and a third innings. So not too bad right now, all things considered. And he's still tracking as Dusty Baker would want him to be in the situation of, as that's ball three, to be able to go at least six innings. I'm going to try this again. Hey, sorry, man. I lost you there for a sec. Oh, no problem. We'll get back to that conversation I wanted to have when we get to the, yep. uh, bottom of the inning, or top of the inning. Yep. So, 3 out count now against Brandon Marsh. Kyle Schwarber will be waiting on deck, and that's just a great at-bat there for Marsh. But, again, Christian Javier didn't seem very interested in throwing him a strike. I stepped outside. Can you give me an uh, uh, out and uh, pitch count? Or, uh, I'm sorry, like strike count? So, so right now, it's going to be Kyle Schwarber stepping up to the dish. Brandon Marsh was just issued a four-pitch walk. Christian Javier is about to throw pitch number 43, and we're in the bottom of the third with one out. Okay, perfect. So Kyle Schwarber will get set to step to the dish right now. 217 in the postseason with four home runs and eight RBIs. But for Schwarber, they got to keep this in mind. 46 home runs in the regular season, but he is prone to strike out. He did 200 times. I mean, he'll home. strike out or he'll hit a nuke. Feast or famine. That's what they call that with Kyle Schwarber. And he's going to step out an extra beat and let Christian Javier and Vasquez get on the same page. As he's waiting with... Brandon Marsh at first, one out for the Philadelphia Phillies. How's Vasquez, how's Vasquez looking in terms of confidence, uh, spiking? I would say Javier looks decent in the sense of the pitcher on the side of him, the catcher for Vasquez. I think he's kind of framing the same thing as that Maldonado did. I only see maybe one time he get crossed up with his pitcher, so... Dusty Baker's probably made a decent move, but these Houston Astros need to get going as far as hitting the baseball. Hasn't happened in a while. Schwarber follows this one back. 0-2 count quickly against Schwarber. I mean, the Houston Astros right now, you can go through the last 12 innings combined. They don't have a run. So they're going to have to pick that up at some point. And this Which is, is crazy because the Astros are, if I'm not incorrect one of the best bat-to-ball teams in the MLB if not the best yes they are I mean the only other team that had a little bit of a run that lost to the Yankees was the Cleveland Guardians as far as contact side but I would yep. take Houston as far as uh, power and everything else and lineup propensity that one through nine can do some damage so throw over on Marsh Shorber will dig back into the dish Kevin Long, Rob Thompson, everyone else from Philadelphia looking on right now. We're still scoreless in the bottom of the third with one out. Javier about to throw pitch number 45. And Schwarber slams this one fair. 
or if they say no, it's not. Give it. Hold on one second. I wanted to take an extra look at that. I thought I'm stepping back into fair. my room right now and get on the t- TV. That one was foul, but only just barely. Guriel tried to make a diving catch toward the first baseline, and that was close. A little bit closer than I uh, would have initially thought. Almost called that one fair by accident. Sorry, everybody on the YouTube side. <laughs> Again, I should just follow the box there. That's a little bit ahead of me. So 0-2 now, still against Schwarber. As he was giving Houston fans a little bit of a scare, Marsh still the runner at first with one out, 0-2 count against Schwarber. Javier really taking his time right now with Christian Vasquez, and now they'll dig in and get the sign. And Schwarber says, enough of this. I'm going to take my time and step out. You guys can't get on the same page. All the Philly fans right now are standing. A lot of them are waving their towels. They've had a lot to stand for over the last couple of games here where Philadelphia has been nothing but money at Citizens Bank Park. Pitch number 46 still upcoming. Javier rocks and delivers. Spikes that one in the dirt. Vasquez will block it quickly and Marsh will stay right where he is. So 1-2 count now against Kyle Schorber. That was not even close, and that was a situation where Vasquez did just enough to the ball that was spiked in the dirt to block it and keep in front of him. And you never know at this point if Schorber, who just missed something down the right field line, can make something happen. 1-2 count. Javier. Marsh is going to go. He took strike three to Kyle Schwarber, and now it's a second stolen base as Brandon Marsh got in before the throw. So Schwarber does punch out, but the Phillies do get the runner in scoring position in at second base, and Javier's throw, or Vasquez's throw, I should say, they're on a Christian's. Christian and Christian are your battery mates, but Vasquez's throw, a little much of a lollipop there, and an easy bag steal and swipe for Marsh. Back, uh, oh, he's safe at second. Yes, he is. And that is going to bring up JT Reese Hoskins. I'm tripping all over myself right now. I apologize. Reese Hoskins, the number two batter in the lineup for Rob Thompson's squad. Nice. These ums in the World Series have been phenomenal. Usually you would think that's where the best are. You're not going to have any Angel Hernandez situations, are we? I think they've been decent. No. And I think that's a huge, that's a whole other can of worms we can open up. 1-0 count now for Reese. Nice take. And that was. It was a knuckle curve in the dirt. It's been nothing but sliders and fastballs and off-speed pitches a little bit, mostly slider fastballs for Javier. He's done his job so far, but you're getting to the point where he's going to be at 50 pitches right now, not even through the third inning, although it's two outs, so two and two-thirds innings. He's going to have to nip this in the bud quickly here against Reese Hoskins. One-two count. Nope, and it's starting to come out, you know, thread by thread. 
Tucker lays off. It's now 2-2. I'm sorry, say that again, sir. No, go ahead. I'm just going a little bit through the game. So one out, 2-2 two, two count against Kyle Tucker. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for the uh, football talk in between the uh, baseball. Aaron Nola still working his way through the game right now. He's at a three and a third innings. 2-2 two, two count against Tucker. Tucker, good job laying off. It seems like... Aaron Nola and Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is the one that's had the good at-bats right now against the starter, much like he did in game one when he hit a pair of bombs and a single. And drove yeah, I don't, think you pitched, I don't think you pitched Tucker. We'll see what happens on the full count pitch against Kyle Tucker. And he drives this one, oh. but this is right to Castellanos. He had it right on the screws, but Nick Castellanos... I wonder what that ex-Wobo would have been. Yeah, it looks at like that exit velocity. That could have been smoked. That was right at Castellanos. Thankfully for Nick, he didn't have to move too much. And if you're Kyle Tucker, you really can't say anything bad about that at bat. You hit it hard. That's exactly what you need to do. So no, that's baseball luck. Yes, it is. So Yuli Gurriel, he's going to serve this one toward medium deep center. And Marsh will cut it off. Guriel thought about going to second. He's just going to take that wide turn and go back to first. So Guriel gets a single. And that's going to keep it going here for Christian Vasquez. So John on here with you. It is game four of the World Series. Philadelphia has got a 2-1 series lead. Again, they take another one here. They have a chance to... Finish it off on Thursday in this 2-3-2 format. And if necessary, Game 6 and Game 7 will still be at the 8.03 Eastern start on Saturday and Sunday. 25 career hits in the World Series for Yuli Gurriel. So even when his bat isn't percolating, even toward the beginning of the postseason or in the regular season in the World Series, he steps up big, and that's what you want. So Vasquez now, he was hit by a pitch in his first plate appearance, hitting 182 in the postseason right now. Pitch number 56, going to have to wait. There's Nola going to toss over there to Hoskins, check on Gurriel. 3-7 and seven with uh, runners on, 0-4 oh, tonight. That's so inherited runners were 3-7. for seven. They're not tonight right now, they're 0-4. Oh, for four. That was from game 1 to game 4 now. Nola, getting set for the first pitch here on Christian Vasquez. And he slams this one toward the right field line. That's going to be a solid single, and that's going to keep the uh, train moving here for the Houston Astros, and that will bring up Alenis Diaz, the number eight hitter in the lineup. So we'll see if Dusty Baker's move to put Alenis Diaz in there over Trey Mancini or whoever you want to throw there on the left field side will pay off because he's moved that bottom of the order a little bit. Chaz McCormick will normally be up in this spot, and then it'd be Martin Maldonado, and we'll see what ends up happening. Maldonado right there on two outs, you think you can get to third right there? I think he could. This is a chance where you probably could up there, and this is a chance right now where a single probably scores you a run. Guriel doesn't have the best of wheels, but I would be surprised if Houston doesn't try it. But instead, cue shot right to Bryson Stott, throw over to Reese Hoskins, and Aaron Nola gets out of it again. He leaves the traffic on the base paths, 
And now Philadelphia will go to the bottom of the order, and the fourth still tied at nothing. So Christian Vasquez set to take the mound again. He's pitch number 51. That is a beautiful curve. And Real Muto just wanted to check his eyes toward the umpire and make sure that the calls were evenly distributed, but I think that was a pitch that was probably too close to take there. 0-1 now against JT Real Muto. So Real Muto has kind of struggled at the plate over the last few since hitting that home run, and now he gets another one that he has to look over there toward the bottom of the strike zone of the off-speed pitch on that slider. So that one is probably a little bit more of a benefit call there, but Javier gets the call. 0-2 now as he's going to try to get Real Muto out pitch number 53. What I was going to say for JT, ever since hitting that home run to win the game in the top of the 10th inning, you're in a situation where JT Real Muto has punched out quite a bit behind the plate. It hasn't really mattered, though, because in totality, everybody else has kind of picked up that slack, and there's no doubt about it, JT Real Muto. Because the team's doing so well, I'm sure he's not too worried about it, but of note, he's been striking out quite a bit of late. It's 1-2 the count now as the last pitch was a ball. And Real Muto will get a chance to dig back in. Bryce Harper will be on deck. It'll be 3-4-5. Real Muto, Harper, and Castellanos. Meet of the order for Rob Thompson's squad. Javier. JT as the catcher. I think it's beneficial for him to see those pitches and kind of get his strike zone as well. You know what I mean? I do. Because, again, looking at this previous at bat, you kind of look at Real Muto looking at the umpire, just making sure he gets the same kind of strike zone call, so I'd absolutely agree with you on that. And the fastball punches out Real Muto again. So I think it's been five strikeouts in the last six at-bats there for JT Real Muto as Bryce Harper gets set to be due up next. Javier's looking better and better as these innings are going on. Do you still feel like they wanted Christian Javier to get through six. Do you think that's where he's going to end up being tonight? So that's a question I was going to pose that do you think they limit him innings looking forward into the series or is it all, all or nothing to oh, Bryce. That's going to be an interesting call there as Bryce falls off the fastball because I think maybe if Houston doesn't get another run here within the next inning or so, you might just go ahead and empty the tank, because I think this game is very important for Houston. They must take this win, I think, if they're going to have a chance to get the World Series. That's just me. They could rattle off three wins in a row, but I doubt it. I don't think Philadelphia is going to allow them to do that. Oh, yeah. If you go down 3-1, I mean, I think they need to get a couple runs before six, before they pull Christian, and then make the decision. Otherwise... Empty the tank, let him go, because it's do or die. I'm in lockstep with you. That's exactly where I'm at right now. So Bryce Harper, four game-winning home runs, 21 hits, and 12 extra base hits. It's a 0-2 count against Bryce. Javier's got him where he wants him, but this is Bryce Harper, a guy that's won two MVPs. And he swings right through the fastball, and Javier gets him. So he gets Real Muto, and he gets Harper with the strikeout. And it'll bring up Nick Castellanos. So don't know what it is there as far as Javier. It's 93 miles an hour, but that deception or something else, they've caught the Phillies out I think balance. he's throwing a difference of a two-seamer and a four-seamer if you saw that speed change right there. Yeah. And movement. 
from 93 to 97, and that one did have a little bit of cutting action there. So good call there by your part, and good pitch there by Javier as Castellanos takes the fastball. They mentioned that on the Fox. And Bryce, Bryce has a quick bat, but, I mean, that 93 up in is tough to catch up on. No doubt about that. He's looking, making it look like that for all these Phillies hitters right now that have just been feeling like they've been hitting off a tee at Citizens Bank Park. So no runs allowed in the last 33 and two-thirds innings pitched as a starter. So now seeing that, I might go with the empty-the-tank approach. I agree. But yesterday, I mean, McCullers was throwing absolute wiffle balls. Oh, he and was. And tipping, and tipping. That's what I heard. My stepdad was saying the same thing. I was like, "There's he goes, there's no way they hit five home runs and five innings pitched unless they know what you're throwing. I said, probably is something to do with that. But also, to your point, those off-speed pitchers last night, they caught too much of the plate, and the Phillies made him pay. 2-1 against Nick. Fastball going to be slammed down the... And when I say tipping, I don't mean as in the Phillies had the advantage, mm -hmm. but... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying in terms of tipping, I don't think the Phillies knew anything, but if when they were relaying the... I don't know if you want to look on Twitter or whatever. Lance's leg kick was significantly different on his fastball as uh, versus off-speed. And the Phillies found that out. Damn, Cassianos. Swing and a miss, striking out the um, side. The Phillies found that there. out. The Phillies found that out really early, and that's when I believe Harper called over Stoddard Bomb and told him, "Watch out for this leg." If you look at the videos, uh, McCullers' leg kick was much wider. I don't know if it was on fastball or. difference in fastball and off speed and I think that's what Harper relayed and actually uh, Hoskins or uh, Baum said it after the game he was like yeah that's what Bryce told me is watch out for blah 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 you never know man these guys like you said they, they pick up on that and once they pick up on something and they can figure out what pitch is coming I mean, these guys can time a bullet out of a gun, so you can't tell yep. me they couldn't hit all these home runs, hit these jacks out of the ballpark. So that is something. Yep. And then obviously going back to the Astros, and like I said, I'm not an Astros apologist or whatever, but when you know a fastball's coming or when you know an off-speed's coming, that takes away the game of baseball. So when you're tipping your pitches, uh, like intentionally or unintentionally, and the other team has an advantage, I mean, the hitter, the hitter's advantage goes up 70 points. Yeah. Sometimes the best conversations is people you just you meet on the Internet, and so you just talk ball. Yeah, no doubt about that. You have commonalities with sports and things like that, and you find most people just have a conversation and be civil. I think that's very important. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I, you know, I live here in San Diego, you know, I... Between the Padres fan, Dodger fans, it's like, you can't have a conversation. You can't have a conversation. <laughs> no, people get way too heated about certain things. At the end of the day, we all got our favorite teams. We're all fans. We should, you know, act accordingly and be good to one another. Oh, nice fucking McCormick. pick. 
That was a great play there by Bryson Stopp, but he's not going to be able to get this Speedy McCormick. Good hit, good defensive play all the way around. Chaz McCormick is going to get the Astros, a base runner here to lead off the fifth against Nola. Nola, 60 pitches through his day. He's been scoreless through four. We'll see if the Astros can make something happen in the fifth inning. Man, that ball was scolded deep in the hole, but a good play there on both sides. I'm just opening up a bottle of wine, so cheers, gentlemen. <laughs> Have fun with it. We're all enjoying this right now. This is a clown test that's been a little close. We haven't been able to say that too much throughout this uh, series. We know there's been some extravagant comebacks and things like that, but for the most part, there's been haymakers thrown early. There's not been one thrown yet. We'll see if Jose Altuve can throw that per proverbial first punch but it's going to have to wait as they check on Chaz McCormick, and that's probably a good idea. He is one of those guys for Houston that can turn on the burners and steal a base. Philadelphia has stolen two. Houston has not yet, but I wouldn't be surprised with Altuve on deck if Dusty Baker wants to take that chance. Pitch number 61 upcoming here for Aranola against Altuve. Thank you, Sandra. I think so, too. You might want to think about that at some point. Altuve, swing and a miss on the fastball against Nola. Given how cold Altuve is, you got to send him. That Look might be something. Yeah, he, he, was, he was very late on that fastball, no doubt about that. 94 miles an hour, blew right by him. Must have felt like 98, the way that Altuve's swinging. But again, Houston is such a better team when Jose Altuve is on his game, and he's just not been during the postseason so far. As we say Altuve. that. Now he puts it. That's exactly what they need as he hits it right over the short left field to Kyle Schroeder, plays it off the hop, and the Astros going to look dangerous right now with runners at first and second. And that's going to bring up Reese Hoskins, or my fault. Trying to get my arm, Jeremy Pena. So Jeremy Pena will be due up next. Damn, that caught the very inside of that barrel. And Maripol, I think on the YouTube side, you might be uh, thinking when this is going to end. I know I saw your previous comment. It might end now. I think the Astros are going to get something here with two on and nobody out. That's just me. But I think it's going to happen. I think the Astros are going to get the first run of this ball game. I agree. So, Jeremy Pena, when you think about the Carlos Correa replacement, the 24 years of age, how does this sound? 253, 22 bombs, 63 RBI, 22 walks. He's been everything that Houston needs. And the one thing you can also mention about Pena, he's a hell of a lot cheaper than Correa is. And that'll give you more money there for the Astros down the line to re-sign Alvarez, re-sign Tucker, some of those other important pieces that they're going to want to keep the machine going. Hey, let's just put it like this. The Astros know what they're doing. Cray is opting out first year in Minnesota. Yes. That was an unbelievable unmitigated disaster, I would say, after one year. I mean, Crea, in my opinion, is... I don't, I don't know if language... He's a piece of shit. He's... <laughs> it's one... Nice. Runners at first and second... With Just we'll see what Pena can do right now. Nola's about to throw pitch number 63. He's been dodging bowling pins as far as traffic so far over the next couple innings. And way out in front of the curveball. 
And Pena only had one thing on his mind right there, and if he would have connected, that could have been trouble at deep center field. I love that first pitch curveball. Everybody's standing and waving the towels right now, trying to urge on Aaron Nola to get out of this. It's the top of the fifth with no outs. 0-1 against Pena. Meaty the order is going to be due up. Pena tries to drag at the bunt. And it's a strike as he offered at it. Don't know if that's what Dusty Baker wanted. I'm sure he wanted him obviously to make contact with that and advance the runners over. But if I'm Pena, I probably swing, even though the swing. manager tells me to bunt. Swing the bat. For as, for as good as Pena is, I I would rather swing. O two now against Pena. I'd say throw, throw it in the dirt. He's got no confidence right now. I think that might be a good pull on your on good call on your part, oh, sir. We'll see what happens. Oh, well, I was right, buddy. You didn't bite. He did throw it in the dirt, did Aaron Nola, but good spit on there by Jeremy Pena. He stays alive. One now, what do you count. think, hopping in? You sound like you got your pitch sequences in order. I have no reason to second-guess that. I would say the same. Hi, I know quite a bit about baseball, not Hi. to toot my own horn. Yes. I, I, would, I would go with a high and in or just a... Just a direct high pitch, oh. see what happens. They try to bust him in with the uh, off-speed pitch. That's an interesting surprise. Pena, I think he probably saw that in the previous pitch and spit on that, so he saw the same thing again inside, did the same. 2-2 two, two now. I mean, got to give him a heater at one of these pitches. He got two to work with. We'll see if Pena actually keys in on that right now, because I think if you're Pena, you probably got to look for it. So 2-2 two, two oh. now. Against Pena. That was roped toward the left field line. It's going to be station to station here for the Astros. And the bases are loaded with Jordan Alvarez due up. I appreciate the subscription there, Maripol. Always appreciate that. I'm going to be doing the rest of the World Series. And then anything else, like I said, whether it'll be... Uh, Maybe occasional video games alongside with uh, NBA, NHL, MLB, college affiliate coverage. You can't always do live streams. So we'll try to get some bread and butter videos. What's going on? Oh my god, they're yanking Nola. So they're pulling Nola with the bases loaded. He's going to be responsible for all three runners. And we'll see who Rob Thompson, maybe Jose Alvarado, brings up out of the bullpen. So I will say this, I did get it right in the sense of Jose Alvarado coming out of the bullpen for Rob Thompson, but I think that was something that they had to do. I agree with you, Jordan's been a little cold as far as what he could deliver. Right now, all the Astros need is a deep fly ball. I don't think you need to swing out of your shoes on this one. Just keep the line moving and uh, keep it going here for the Astros. You've got to get at least two. That's what I, I would say. you get out of the inning, if you're the Phillies, if you're the Phillies and you get out of this inning with two runs, I think that's a win. And they hit Alvarez! That forces it a run! Unbelievable! Oh Jose Alvarado, that was the last thing he wanted to do. And the Houston Astros get on the board the hard way. And to your point, I think they bailed out Alvarez. 
He's been a little cold, and Alvarado had no place to put him. They hit Jordan. No way he could get out of the way on that pitch. And the Astros are happy here. They still have an opportunity with the bases loaded and run out. So that run is going to be charged to Nola. The next two, if they would reach, would be charged to Nola and not the bullpen. But that's not what Alvarado wanted. So now it's Alex Bregman. It does not get any easier with the bases loaded. And the 100 mile an hour. No, he really didn't. Honestly, uh, I, I agree with you on that uh, side. Nola got pulled a minute and a half ago. I I agree with you on that side. I didn't see Alvarado warmed up too much there. Now he's got to get. No, no. no what I'm saying is, do you think do you think they gave do you think they gave Alvarado enough time to warm up? Nice uh, pitch. I don't. That was a great pitch. I don't think so. It's it's zero and two right now against Bregman as he got him ahead of with the off-speed pitch, and now it's time for Bregman to lock in here, for the Astros fans to lock in here. The big-time propensity to do some damage is Alex Bregman. He's been good in this postseason. He's down in the count 0-2. Alvarado delivers. Bregman's going to follow this off to the backstop, and we'll do this again. Bases loaded. No place to put him. One has already been put across because Alvarado hit Alvarez. And we'll see if the Houston Astros can continue to put damage on the scoreboard here and pretty much give themselves a golden opportunity to tie this series at two. And if that happens, that's going to guarantee you a chance where we'll get a game at least on Saturday. So Bregman, 0-2. Alvarado, he delivers. Bregman slams this one down right field. Castellanos can't get to it. That's going to score at least two runs. Trying to get this in now are the Phillies. And that plates two. Alex Bregman's got a double. And the Houston Astros take a 3 nothing lead. So all those runs are charged against Aaron Nola. And Jose Alvarado is tossing the fire right now, and he's getting burned by the Astros. Going that fastball out and in, or out in middle. Yeah. My goodness, you're 0-2. Throw it in the dirt. Give him something to change his eye level. I couldn't agree with you more. That was a definite mistake pitch there, and it was good on Bregman to be able to rock that one, but you feel like he had to. That was middle-middle. Oh, Tucker's going to take this. And now you got Kyle Tucker with a chance to do even more damage here. Still no outs for the Houston Astros, and you're getting to the point. I agree with you that Philadelphia can put some runs on the board. But you're already past the point it's two, of two runs. You're at three runs right now, still with no outs. I just don't understand the middle outside fastball 0-2 against Bregman with that, how short his bat is, quick swing, quick hands. That's stupid. I oh, God. Yeah, there, there's no... Oh, wow. Kyle Tucker, he's going to get a sacrifice fly out of this. It was 101 mile an hour on the fastball. And... Houston does exactly what they need to do. They score on the sack fly with Kyle Tucker and advance the runner to third. So the Philadelphia bullpen now officially 
has been blemished as that run will be charged to Alvarado and Aaron Nola was on the hook for three of those. I mean, this is just great. Like we had mentioned before, this is great situational hitting by Houston, which is what they've been doing the whole year. Absolutely. And right when they need it the most, and Mayor, Mayor Paul on the YouTube side says, yes, let's go. Hey, you got to appreciate that if you're the Houston side of it. Because, yeah, they're doing what they need to do. Like you said, situational hitting. And when their backs are against the wall, Houston usually delivers. And Houston's shown the propensity. Again, even in this series, you've seen it. When they've taken a counterpunch and they got destroyed, just like they did with the big lead loss in Game 1, a 7 nothing loss last night, look at what they do in the following game. You can't keep them down. So Guriel now will dig in. It's an 0-1 count. And see what happens here against Alvarado. Guriel thought about it. Good call, Blue. Got the call. So Alvarado, I would say this, he's not been sharp. And the fact that he got one of those calls, he should be sending some Christmas cards. Oh, one my God. Did, he get, did they call that a strike? They called that a strike. Oh. And Guriel waves and misses at the gas. Triple digits there. He was late on it, so Nola now. Final Alvarado, make, do not throw him another fucking fastball. We'll see what happens. If it is a fastball, if it's going to be One-two count. Oh, my goodness. And Gurriel ropes it down the left field line. And that's going to score another run. The Houston Astros feeling good about themselves now. They've scored five in the fifth. Holy shit, man. This game has certainly swung. And again, we've talked about punch and counterpunch all throughout this series. Now it was time for the Houston Astros to throw a haymaker. And they've certainly thrown one now in the top of this fifth. What they scored five is just one out. Still. I'll make a prediction. I think they're going to go for more. I could see them hitting seven or eight or nine. We'll see. You don't have to really hold yourself to that right now, but it certainly feels like the train is rolling. Christian Vasquez is going to try to keep delivering here. It's 0-1 as he swings to the fastball. He was hit by a pitch and a single. And again, the previous hit by pitch is what plated the first run. Against uh, the Phillies bullpen, well, Aaron Nola. And like we just said, Alvarado, he had maybe a minute to warm up. I agree. I didn't really see. Again, they didn't show it on the Fox side of the sense of those guys already being ready. He was tossed in there quickly, and he's not been sharp. And this will bring it into the situation, and I'll probably talk about this more toward the 7th or the 8th. What you do, because Justin Verlander is going to be the starter tomorrow, and he's not been good in the World Series. Not just this one, but in particular, minimum forwarding innings pitched. Is he already over oh, six? Not. So, I think you do JV as a reliever when you have the lead. It might be one of those situations Dusty Baker's going to have to think about. 0-2 count now against Vasquez. Fastball missed way high. I think you just throw Vasquez heat right here. You can't catch up to that. <clears throat> put it in the zone. Put it in the zone. Throw him heat. I don't disagree with you here. You got Andrew Bellotti. I'm going to get set to warm up in the bullpen. It looks like this time 
he will have time to get warmed up. One two count against Vasquez. Swing and a miss as he got him there with a the sinker. That had a lot of bite on it. That was the first good pitch I've seen Alvarado throw since coming out of the bullpen. Two good downs. Lord, that was a dirty sinker. You kind of wonder where that's been. I don't know if he had the confidence to throw it. That'll be something that we'll have to be talking about, too, because I agree with you. Maybe he just felt like the fastball with the bases loaded. I mean, look, you're putting in a situation where there's no outs and the bases are loaded. Astros probably score two. Oh, he got, got away with the ball right there. In a 100-mile-an-hour up at the top of the zone to Oledmus Diaz. And it was a ball. So he's hitting bingo numbers in the postseason, 050. Nothing really to show for it. Strikeout, ground out right now for Oledmus. Playing left field, batting eighth in this contest. Just keep piping the zone. Keep piping the zone. 99 mile an hour fastball. Nothing Diaz could do but follow that one back. But Houston, again, feeling good about themselves. They've played it five in the top of this fifth. We'll see how Philadelphia can respond. And I think they can. I think there's more runs in this game from Philly. Yeah, the over-under was set at 7.5, and, oh. and Houston's got 5. Diaz slams that one down the third baseline, well foul. Good play by the uh, Karen with the ball girl there. I like that. I know. Hey, side note, they're incredible. They're, I played baseball my whole life. They're better at third than I ever was. <laughs> Jazz McCormick. Seriously, they, those, those are 102 exit velos, and they're... They're uh, picking those like no other. Chaz McCormick will be due up next. Oh my god, that's such a bad throw. That was a awful throw. That's interference, I think, potentially. By Vasquez, and if that's not interference to your call, I don't know how, I'll just say this honestly, if you're Dusty Baker, you don't put Martin Maldonado starting in Game 5. How is this not interference by Vasquez for Real Muto? Let's see if they show an angle. If they show an angle for us to look at. Which they're not going to. It doesn't look like they're going to either. Oh, he might have been off the base too. So stolen bag, Guriel, Diaz. Oh, Jesus. That one was spiked. And real Muto and request. I think that point. one was interference. If you you saw he stepped in front of and stepped in front of JT. That's what I thought I saw, but I would love to have I think that's what they're calling in right now, or maybe they're calling the bullpen. I don't know. I think they're getting back on the bullpen side of it to see if Bilotti's getting warm. Again, Alvarado did not get those same type of opportunities as Diaz. We'll hit this one. Follow Castellanos. Might have a look at it, and that will win into the crowd. Wow, I would love to see that that uh, throw to second by JT and see if there was any interference because that was as blatant as it gets, in my opinion. Yeah, hopefully we get a chance to get a look at it because we're not seeing much of anything right now. But you know what? Fox has not shown a lot of replays. I've noticed that too. We're, we're just getting the game action and nothing else, and if you miss it, that's on you. That's that's their nice moniker pitch. right now. What nice a beautiful pitch. pitch there by Alvarado. 
But Houston plates five at the top of the fifth. This is a whole different ball game now. We'll see how Philadelphia can respond. Come right back. Okay, I'm back in the official action right now. It's Christian Javier and Alec Bohm. Javier has been excellent in this contest right now for the Houston Astros, and now he's got a five-run lead to work with. Bohm slams the fastball foul. We'll do this again at the 1-2 count. So for the Philadelphia Phillies, they've now found themselves in a situation where they need runs, but it's not the second inning. It's not the third inning. It's the bottom of the fifth. They're down 5 nothing. At home, they've scored a ton of runs. They have about 23 home runs in this postseason combined. They love hitting here. They need to get something going as Alec Bohm cues the ball foul. 1-2 count now. It's going to be Bohm, Stott, and Segura due up here for the Phillies. We will see if this actual ESPN box will refresh itself. There we go. So we're all good on that side, so we should be good. Back to our YouTube side and the Twitter Spaces side. So Javier to Bohm does not get the call there with the fastball. It was a little low. Good eye there by Bohm as it's now 2-2. So 2-2 against Javier and Bohm. That fastball was a little closer to the zone and just underneath those edges of that box. Javier gets the call. Beautiful pitch there. Nothing Bohm can do. Probably too close to take. And Javier right now through four and two-thirds innings, he's been unblemished and he's looked very good. John, I joined, uh, I, I subbed to your YouTube and I'm going to hop on my computer. What's the name again? What's the handle? It's just uh, John Ryan Ott. It's just one word. And is Ott two T's? Yep. So, is that where you primarily have like uh, discussions or? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much just doing live streams. So all you're gonna see on that side is what I'm looking at as far as the stats and the ESPN box scores. So obviously I can't show the game, but you can kind of follow along on that side. And all I'm doing is just calling it. Yeah. Yep, I'm watching it live right now with you. So you just see both of my windows in the box. So. Correct. Okay, good. So that's what they should be seeing so then they don't see uh, anything else because otherwise there's going to be just backgrounds of girls. <laughs> so i gotta, I got to cover up my uh, computer windows so this is not just my face. But uh, Bryson Stott, now the 1-2 count against Christian Javier. And the fastball, thought off foul. They've stopped doing it. I think they're. The home run ball worked so well yesterday. Yes. They're not taking those kind of level contact swings. I know it's easy to say as an outside viewer, but like that pitch right there should be a contact down the third baseline swing. Again, I think he hit the nail on the head. You saw that a lot last night with some good measured swings. And that is a perfect fastball again. And Christian Javier has found the swagger back-to-back -back strikeouts. He's got nine of them in the game. And uh, he's going to look good through five. 
Perfect pitch. No doubt about yep. it. Perfect pitch. But you can't you can't miss on that on that outside fastball that's yep. in the zone in your swing path as a let. No, you're you're exactly right. When he does show you a mistake, Philadelphia has been able to hit those before against whatever pitchers. But for whatever reason, now with Christian Javier, again he's been good. Both of us will say that. But you're exactly correct. When you do get a pitch to hit, you better you better hit it because otherwise you're going to get those pitchers like that and you're going to be taking a seat. You can't be home run happy. You can't be home run happy. 1-1 one, one now, the count against Gene Zagura. Again, he is one of those Philadelphia Phillies that can hit the contact. 277, 10 bombs, 33 RBI. He was a 300 hitter in Seattle. They need him to get something going right now with two outs in the bottom of the pitch. How are you swinging at that pitch? You can just kind of see the Phillies. I don't know if this is a general. Is it? You can kind of see them starting to swing at shit that's out of the zone. Javier starting to dominate. Did this not look like the exact reverse of yesterday? And I'm not even just talking about the score line, but mm-hmm. the Houston, the Houston yep. Astros bats were kind of like that yesterday. Yep. Watch this. One, two. Oh, God. I can't even believe he got the ball in the bat, but still. And he got a piece of it, but this is going to go right to Yuli Gurriel. But how are you? That ball never even was close to the even sand. No. Christian Javier on blemish through five, looking good right now, and so are the Astros. It, it literally changed hockey for me. So remember when the remember when the NHL tried to do the puck tracker thing? Oh, with the lasers, that was so yep. stupid. <laughs> but but that's because the general fans can't see where the puck is going. Yeah. And. Uh, but I love the the physicality, the I mean the enforcers, the playoff hockey's just it's unbelievable. Chaz McCormick takes the first pitch for a strike and then the second one was bounced in the dirt there by Bilotti. So it's gonna be the bottom of the order then the flip back over again. And Houston's just coming off of scoring five runs in the top of the fifth. They'll see if they add on right now. Well actually as we get to the last, let's see if I can do my math correctly here, 12 outs for Philadelphia if it gets to that point, what they can do with it. McCormick fights it off nicely with the hands, and now it's 1-2. I think, I think either Houston adds more right here, and uh, we get kind of a end of the game, or they get held to five and Philly rallies back. I know there's are two polar opposites, but this is top six, like, so you're going to say right now, if Houston doesn't score, this will be Philly's last opportunity to really rally big? Correct. Or okay. if, if Houston scores, I think the game's over. McCormick, again, he's going to follow this one straight back at JT Real Muto and then request a new baseball. Still 1-2. So Chaz McCormick on the Fox side, he is from Westchester, Pennsylvania. That's where they're playing right now, Citizens Bank Park. I'm sorry, where are you? Oh, you're from Detroit. You're from the D. Yes, I am. Nice. 1-2 is the count against Chaz. 
And he swings and misses off a beautiful off-speed pitch. Had Chaz way out in front of it. And that'll bring up Jose Altuve. So, I guess to your point, Jose Alvarado, now with Bilotti, you didn't get that same opportunity to warm up there. And like it or not, that might have been something that Rob Thompson or the pitching coach or everyone else might have regretted a little bit, I would imagine, in this game. I'm sorry, say that again? I'm saying now between Bilotti and Alvarado, Bilotti's had the opportunity to warm up when Alvarado did not, and uh, Philadelphia might have gave up a couple extra runs because of that. Yeah, but, I mean, Alvarado went so well the other night. I mean, I don't know. One pitch, one out, flying to left field is Jose Altuve. I think you get out of this inning, Philly's got a chance. Tom Verducci now talking with Alex Bregman, 19 World Series RBI, most by a third baseman. I'll make sure I mention that in my notes and in the game story because I did not know that. You're a baseball fan. Who do you think is the best third baseman in baseball? Best third baseman, huh? Um... And, uh, and you know who I'm biased towards. Yeah, I, I, but Manny Machado's definitely up there. Is he not going to win? <laughs> he's he's going to win a Silver Slugger third base this year. I would certainly see he'd be in the top Wait, three. Who's that? Manny Machado. I think Manny Machado's obviously the best third baseman in baseball on both sides of the ball. Uh, I'm obviously biased, but... <clears throat> I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with that, to be honest with you. And uh, you know what? I saw a quote that will forever, as an outside baseball perspective, and I just want you to listen to this, because mm -hmm. Arenado and Machado get compared so frequently. Arenado makes the all the highlights because he makes everything look so hard, and it's an, oh, my God, I can't believe he made this play. Right. Manny... So smooth makes everything look so easy. Oh. Pena will lift this one, but it's going to be caught. Yes. Aaron Otto makes everything look so difficult, like no human being could accomplish it. Manny makes everything look like a two-year-old could throw it from third. And in my opinion, that is the difference between Manny and Aaron Otto. Yeah, I, I couldn't disagree with you in the sense of Arenado. He's done it for so long, consistent with the glove and the bat. I think both those guys probably, they're, they're in the conversation for the top ones. I can't really think of any other ones that I'd want to put above them. Alex Bregman's usually in that conversation, but, I mean, he's been hurt a little bit this year. He's been good. I think, there's a tier, I think there's a tier two. I think there's a J-Ram and Austin Riley, a Bregman. But I think Machado, and this is obviously coming from a Padres fan, Machado's the leader. El, El, El Ministro de Defensiario is what we call him. The Minister of Defense. He is the team captain. He is the rallier. He is... Like, he was the bad boy on the Orioles, right? Which I yeah. get. And he is completely transformed. And he is the leader of the Padres, transformed them. And that man is, when he, like, wants to turn it up against the Dodgers, 
who obviously he was with. The Dodgers boo him like crazy every time he steps up. He's a Dodgers killer. Like he has ice in his veins. And if you watch his third base plays, A, he's the smoothest glove, best arm, and puts it on the first baseman's glove on the chest every single time. Arenado makes these crazy-ass throws, crazy catches, because he's just cl- he looks clumsy. And you can interpret that as you want. I don't think anyone's right or wrong. But once I heard that, I was like, that's why I think Manny is so much better is because he makes it look easy rather than look hard. Yeah, and there's only certain special players in this league that can actually make it look that easy, and he definitely does. So O2 count is we're back underneath the action right now with Brandon Marsh. We were in the bottom of the six. Christian Javier's still out there. And why would he not be? He's been excellent right now. If you're a Houston Astros fan, you gotta feel good there about Javier in the sense of it. He's done everything that you needed him to do. So not only did Houston score the runs, they come back in there and Javier delivers an incredible pitching performance. And again, I did think he spoke a lot of facts in there. And again, I apologize for anyone else that's jumped in and out as far as what they wanted or didn't want, I was able to actually get a chance of a guest speaker in here and talk a little bit and talk baseball. So I did enjoy that. Again, now that we're going to probably get to a 2-2 situation, that's going to guarantee, I want to just make sure everybody knows this here on the broadcast, that's going to guarantee that Cooper Hopkins will be with me on the call on Saturday or Sunday. So we will call a closeout together in the World Series, and we will be splitting off color and play-by-play. So you can look forward to that. So if I don't see him tomorrow, we'll definitely see him on uh, Saturday or Sunday. Just outside with the fastball there for Christian Javier. It's 2-2 now against Brandon Marsh before we flip the side of the order over. Again, Aaron Nola was on the hook for all three runs. Jose Alvarado came into that fifth with the bases loaded. Nola had uh, bases loaded, no outs, and pretty much everybody was reaching as March will punch this one to Altuve, throw over to uh, Guriel, one up, one down here for Javier in the six. Getting a chance on your local Fox feed, I'm watching this on the Amazon 4K Fire Stick, but again, it's only 720p on the cable side, so trying to live the first world problems life, but they're showing Christian Javier, but nothing but punchies here. He's got everybody out in front. He's got them all bamboozled with their timing and their mix. It's been pretty good. And right now, through five and a third innings, and I'm just following this on my box score as well, he's got a no-hitter going. I didn't know if they would want to show that one so soon, whether or not you believe in the jinx. So 83 pitches into Javier's night. He's through five and a third. And this will bring up Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber 0 for 2 in this game with a flyout and a strikeout. Hitting 213 in the postseason with four home runs and eight RBI. Again, he's a guy that's feast or famine. But the one thing I would agree with our guest in there before that was a noted Padres fan, I think this is the last really big opportunity for the Phillies to get their runs. They got to do it now. And if they don't do it now, Going into the seventh, I, th- I think within their final nine outs, I, th- I think the game will be over. I don't think the Houston Astros are going to serve it up with the term of having a five-run lead and losing it again at this point. And if you're Christian Javier, how much longer do you go? Do you go? Do you continue to go until he gives up a hit? I mean, what do you think on that side of it? Because he's been excellent. 
1-2 pitch. And Christian Javier will get said to be delivered to Kyle Schwarber. He's been excellent in this contest. We'll see what he can do with Schwarber here as the fastball is a little bit outside. So Javier, again, he features a fastball, a slider, a curveball, a changeup between 94 and 77. Primarily here today, it's been a forcing fastball and a slider mix. It's been one of those situations where those two pitches have been so dominant, and he's been all sorts of messed up here for the Phillies hitters. It's been his show right now, and his world, and the Phillies live in it. Knuckle curve caught a little too much of the plate, but Schwarber couldn't make him play, and we'll do this again. 2-2 against Schorber. As Javier is looking at pitch number 89. Digs in and throws. And this one's cued off the end of the bat. This eats up Altuve, but Schorber doesn't run well enough. That's going to be two gone in the bottom of the six as Christian Javier continues to keep the Philadelphia Phillies off the scoreboard. So banks closed. 2022 postseason at home. First six games, seven runs, 54 Seven runs a game, 54 hits, 29 extra base hits, 17 bombs. All zeros in those categories tonight for Christian Javier. Everybody between Alex Rodriguez and Frank Thomas had said that Christian Javier is going to do the job, but you couldn't have expected him to do this well against this Philadelphia team. And this series has gotten even more intriguing to it so far, as we're going to be guaranteeing ourselves at least one more game at Minute Maid on Saturday night if this result holds. <clears throat> so one nothing is the count now against Reese Hoskins. Again, I appreciate everyone that's followed along on the YouTube side, everyone that's followed along on the Twitter Spaces side. It's been a lot of fun here tonight. It's been a game again that has uh, been one-sided over the last two broadcasts that we've done when it was a 7 nothing victory for the Philadelphia Phillies. Last night, and now 5 nothing, courtesy of the Houston Astros, and all runs in the fifth. Christian Javier, not really a deliberate pace. He's just got his sign. He hasn't really shaked off Vasquez too much. And, hey, maybe I just thought of this, and I probably should have thought about it a little bit earlier. Maybe Christian Javier is the primary catcher there for Christian Vasquez. They like the way that these guys are playing together with the pitch and catch on the battery side of it. Who knows? If they do well this well, you would think this is going to continue again. Gets the sign and throws. And this is going to be cued down the third baseline. Reese Hoskins, and he's behind in the count now. It's 2-2. Two, two. two outs. 190 for Reese Hoskins here in the postseason. As call of the bullpen, I think they're trying to get people warm here for Houston side of it. Again, they expect the Christian Javier to try to get through six. He's pretty close to doing that now. He's through five and two-thirds, a 2-2 two -two count against Hoskins. 2-2 two -two pitch on the way. Fastball way out, about seven feet, caught there by Vasquez. It's a full count now against Reese Hoskins. So Hoskins in the regular season, 246, 30 bombs, 79 RBI. With 169 strikeouts, 72 walks, he's a legit power threat. There is Reese Hoskins. And Philadelphia, again, you can talk about maybe they thought about the home runs last night when it worked well. And check swing foul for Hoskins there. We'll do it again with the full count. 
They were living well with the home runs last night, but now in this situation, things have just not gone the way that Philadelphia wanted, and Javier's the big reason why. You can talk about some pitches that they've missed, and I would agree with that, but at the same time, I think you'd be doing a disservice to how good Javier has been in this game. Pitch number 96, trying to be the one to finish it through five, and that one again slammed on the third baseline toward the Phillies' dugout. We'll do it again. So all Houston so far, courtesy of this fifth inning from what we have. Pitch number 97, going to get set here for Christian Javier as he's getting close to that century mark. Full count pitch on the way. This one's going to go right to Jeremy Pena, toss over there to Yuli Gurriel. And how about six innings through? A no-hitter through six for Christian Javier. Let's go to the seventh. Back underneath the action right now as Alvarez falls off the first fastball. Then he gets a lollipop curve that Alvarez surprisingly let go by there as the closer, David Robertson, is in right now for Rob Thompson's squad. Maybe just trying to get him a little bit of work here in the seventh. Phillies need runs. So they cannot allow Houston Bill to add on anymore. But I'm surprised in the pitch before that, the fastball misses up high and in, that uh, Alvarez didn't let that one go. So 1-2 is the count against Jordan. It's going to be 3-4-5 due up here for the Houston Astros. As he goes golfing there on an off-speed knuckle curve, and Alvarez is down on strikes, and that will bring up Alex Bregman. So Alex Bregman has been able to do part of the damage right now because that fifth inning in between Alvarez, Bregman, Tucker, Gurriel, those were the guys in the meat of the order that needed to do the damage, and they did so for Houston, and that's why they have a 5 nothing lead. Bregman's 1-for-3 with a two-run double in the fifth and a run scored. Bregman pops it up. Robertson gets him to go after it. Bryson stopped. Wants to make sure he doesn't run him with Schwarber. Almost doesn't make the catch as these two come together, and they have a little bit of laugh at it, but he does, and that will now bring up Kyle Tucker. So appreciate anyone that's been following along again. Hey, Sean, how are you doing here, buddy? If you want to go ahead and uh, bring you on board. If you're following along in this game, 5 nothing is your score line. Houston, trying to add on here. Philadelphia, again, they just need uh, some runs, but they only have nine more outs to do so. Kyle Tucker, a double, a sack fly, and an RBI in this game. 238 in the postseason. Most of his damage was game one when he had a couple of bombs and a single. So Robertson, he's going to deliver the knuckle curve that caught way too much of the play, but Tucker was way out in front of it and falls it out of play. One against Kyle Tucker. Houston at this point right now, they got everything they needed out of Christian Javier when he went six no-hit innings. So assuming his day is going to be done, that's what Dusty Baker was saying, they wanted him to get through six. As you get a chance to look at the no-batting gloves there for Kyle Tucker, second pitch is down near the knees and called the ball because it was way off the plate. 
So cutter for and a knuckle curve is your sequence there. And again, on my ESPN box score, I can follow along on that side. I probably should have. Again, I apologize if that throws anybody out on the YouTube side that that's a little bit ahead. So, but a little bit ahead of my call. But you get the full play-by-play -play regardless. One-one against Tucker. Cutter going to be down near Ramuto's knees. 2-1 against Tucker. Tucker has been a pretty good bat and all the way across here for Kyle Tucker when you think about the 257 average, 30 bombs, 107 RBI, 59 walks, 25 stolen bases. I think he's a real five-tool player. He's somebody that can do a lot of damage everywhere. Question for Astros fans is how much will it take in the next couple of years to get him signed when he's due to be a free agent? Because I think he's going to command a whole hell of a lot of money, and he does deserve it because I think he is one of the best players in baseball, no doubt about that. 3-1 pitch against Kyle Tucker. Set to be upcoming as Robertson's going to deal pitch number 10. And this is ball four, so Tucker draws his walk. He continues to have a good eye and a good day at the plate, and that'll bring up Yuli Gurriel. So 38 years of age for Yuli, 242A bombs, 53 RBI in the regular season, 30 walks. Kind of wonder the 38-year-old if this could be his last run and the last shot for him to get another World Series title. But uh, he's always really good, and especially in the postseason, he delivers when it really matters most. Two for three with two singles, an RBI and a stolen base, 356 in the postseason with two bombs, four RBI. He's going to rock this one straight up, right toward Alec Bohm. He's going to make the catch, no problem. And we will stretch. Head to the bottom of the seventh. It's a 5 nothing lead for the Houston Astros. Five runs on nine hits. Nothing for the Phillies just yet. Come right back. So back into the official action, Brian Abreu is now... Coming out of the bullpen here, he might have a clear opportunity, depending on what Dusty Baker wants to do to close out this entire game. He can pitch multiple innings. Philadelphia has not even gotten anywhere on the score sheet. I know it's 5 nothing, but no hits, no wall, I mean, not nothing. There's just nothing. So we'll see if Philadelphia can actually get something going right now. It wasn't a perfect game. Maybe a, like one walk was drawn, but that's all that there was, no hits. So it's going to be 3-4-5 due up here for Real Muto, Harper, and Castellanos. And last call for me as far as this is the meat of the order. If Philadelphia is going to do anything, they got to do this right now. And JT Real Muto, you would think in the last what? If we're counting correctly, six out of seven at-bats, he's struck out six times since hitting that home run in the top of the tenth that gave the Phillies the win. In game number one, so it's been a minute. But this is a time for Rob Thompson's squad to figure this out. They got to do it now. They got nine outs left. Real Muto waves and misses again, so his bat has gone ice, ice cold. And now it's going to bring up Bryce Harper. Harper again will go over his regular season numbers 286, 18 bombs, 65 RBI, 46 walks. He was the MVP last year. The reason why those numbers sent a little bit down is because he was injured through most of the year. So make no mistake about it, the two time NL MVP, once with the Nationals and now once last year with the Philadelphia Phillies, has been hotter than a firecracker, hitting over 400 in the postseason. He's 0 for 1 in this contest. 
as Abreu will lock in and pitch number five from the bullpen. Harper thought about going for the fastball, but he holds. <clears throat> Walk in the second, a stolen base, and I have to credit myself if I'm wrong in the sense of if I go through the Philly side of it and I look at between who walked and what was available there, I just don't see anything there. I'd have to take out part of this box score. I don't want to do that for the YouTube side of it. Harper walked, but how many other Phillies actually reached? And he went golfing on a 90-mile-an-hour sinker. And for some reason, Harper, who normally has a little propensity to uh, be good in the strike zone there, he just swung at something that was way off the plate. In Philadelphia, I would say much like last night for Houston, they've got taken off their game plan a little bit. 1-1 one, one against Bryce. Abreu's going to deliver, and the curve had Bryce a little bit out in front. It's now 1-2. So for Harper, we know about all of his power. We know about the 400 in the postseason. We know about some of the daggers he delivered against the San Diego Padres to get the Phillies in the World Series, but this is the guy with the extremely broad shoulders that can do the damage. Again, this game probably is over, and the Houston Astros will take a 2-2 series tie. With the 2-3-2 format, it's going to be one more game at Citizens Bank Park tomorrow on Thursday night before we take the off day and shift venues back to Minute Maid for Saturday and possibly Sunday if necessary. But we know right now if this result holds, we will get a game six on Saturday. And Cooper Hopkins will be on the call with me for one of those potential closeouts. 100 miles an hour from Abreu, and Harper could do nothing but swing late and take a seat. And Houston's pitching... We've talked a lot about Philadelphia's pitching in their bullpen. They finally got tagged tonight as Alvarado was on the hook for two of those. Nola was on hook for all three with the bases loaded when he departed. But we finally got a situation where Houston was able to show some prowess in their bullpen. We knew that they would show that with their bats, did we not? We figured that Houston would come out and play a better game. But at the same time, this is a chance for the Houston bullpen to be able to save face and uh, make this a best-of-three series. So Nick Castellanos now. Going to get set to dig in. 0-2 is Castellanos with two strikeouts. He's 1-0 on the count right now against Abreu. And that was a ball? Question mark? That was all the way in the strike zone there for Abreu, but he did not get the call. Castellanos... Was able to be a little bit lucky on that side. Feel pretty good about where he's at right now on the count, but Philadelphia just needs to get something going. We said that a little bit with Cooper Hopkins, who was in the broadcast with me yesterday. Now Philadelphia needs to get something going to feel good about themselves, and Castellanos just took that fastball. Now it's 2-1. So if you want to talk about an inverse of a story where it was all Philadelphia, you can talk the exact inverse here for Houston, where it's been all Houston, but it's all been one inning, all splurged in the fifth, as Castellanos is late on the 98-mile-an-hour fastball up in the zone. That is hard to catch up to anyway. And Abreu will try to finish it off with 14 pitches to end the bottom of the seventh. Castellanos in a 2-2 count to work with the two outs. 
Philadelphia doesn't even have a hit in this contest yet. So Abreu against Castellanos. He gets set to deliver. And the fastball's cued off the end of the bat. 99 miles an hour with the fastball. And we'll do it again. John out here with you from the local Fox feed. This is World Series game number four. And I'm going to be here again with a... Uh, 8.05 start again tomorrow for Thursday's contest. And we'll see who wins. Again, it seems like Houston's going to take this and get 2-2, but it's going to be the critical go-ahead swing game. Swing and a miss against Castellanos, and Philadelphia continues to be blanked. This time through seven. Five runs, nine hits for the Astros, nothing for the Phillies. Let's go to the eighth. Back into the action now, Zach Eflin will be the one that's the latest to come out of Rob Thompson's bullpen here. Seven and two-thirds, four and runs, two walks, and six strikeouts for Zach in seven postseason games. Christian Vasquez takes that one for a strike. I think the umpire has dinner reservations there. One and two, hit by pitch and a single there for the backup catcher for Houston. And again, I might have made the... Announcement there that maybe Christian Vasquez, you might want to go back to Maldonado for the next game, but he certainly, he's done his job going at least one for two, and Houston was able to score all their runs, albeit one inning, but that's all that's really mattered right now. It's put the Philadelphia crowd that did nothing but stand on Tuesday, they've kept them on their hands right now. So I'm going to go ahead and scroll this up on the YouTube side a little bit so that way you guys can see. So 1-2, Vasquez going to get set to deal. He's going to strike out on an Eflin pitch way out in front of the breaking ball. And it's one up, one down here in the eighth for Zach Eflin. It's going to be two more outs for the Philadelphia Phillies to get and then six more outs to work with as far as the bats. And that's it and that's all. So Lemnis Diaz will be next now for the Houston Astros. So, Lemnis Diaz, the batting eighth in the order right now, 31 years of age, 243, 12 home runs, 38 RBI, 53 strikeouts, 18 walks. He's the one that was subbed for Mancini, and Rafael Montero is uh, getting set in the bullpen here for Dusty Baker's squad. Diaz waiting on the 1-0. Perfect pitch on the outside black, 94 mile an hour Fastball right on the black, and nothing Diaz could do with that one, but watch it. Top eighth, 1-1 one, one count, one out. Going to get set here for Diaz one more time, and he waves and misses with the yacker on the knuckle curve, and now it's 1-2. <clears throat> so you can say what you want about Houston only scoring all their runs in one inning, but it doesn't matter. They got nine hits, five runs. Philadelphia doesn't have anything. And if Philadelphia doesn't show anything, it really doesn't matter. Now they're swinging a miss on the knuckle curve. And Eflin making it a little easy as you're looking at Bruce Springsteen, I believe, on the uh, Fox Sports side. And they're showing all the celebrities that are there. Some of them I will or will not know. If you don't know Craig Brigio, then that's an issue. Probably not a baseball fan. There's Kate again. i got to wait. wave to Kate. Say hello. She doesn't see me, but i got to wave. That's well, just something that I do. Apologies. <laughs> Anytime I see Kane, you got to wave at the TV. 
Chaz will take this one for a ball. So the first two batters in the 7-8-9 bottom in the order there for the Houston Astros have waved in a miss on the Athlon breaking ball. We'll see if Chaz can reverse the trend, although Houston probably doesn't need to worry about runs at this point. Way out in front, another off-speed pitch. That one was a sinker. And Verlander now, here's the question as you get a chance to look at him on the Fox side of it. Again, I'm watching the local broadcast here and then on Twitter spaces on the YouTube side, so I appreciate anyone that's been following along. Verlander's ERA in the World Series minimum 40 innings pitched is above 6. And that's got to change. I mean, he's going to be the guy here in Game 5 tomorrow on Thursday night. 0-6 record, 8 starts, 6-7 ERA. Nine home runs allowed. I mean, that's just not good considering how good Verlander is. He's one of the best pitchers in the world. Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer that's been nothing but more than a prospect in the World Series. As Eflin punches out the side. Where has this been? And the Phillies down to their final six outs. They got Boehm, Stott, and Segura due up next. So unbelievably, throughout the series right now, the Houston Astros, you think about it, they got a no-hitter going right now through seven innings, and Rafael Montero will be the next out of the bullpen because Abreu was able to get a scoreless seventh. Montero tried to get a scoreless eighth, and we'll see who Dusty Baker will put out for the ninth as the Phillies are down to their final six outs of this game. So Montero, first pitch, miss with the ball. It's going to be Alec Bohm, and I'll go back through the bottom of my notes here to give you this part of this order here in the sense of Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, and Gene Segura. That'll be due up at least here in the eighth. There's only one thing you can say right now for Houston, whether or not they score all their runs in one inning in the fifth like they did. They've done their job. They've got the pitching that they needed, but they're going to need to get that same type of pitching there. Maybe not to the same extent. I would imagine Justin Verlander could give up two or three runs, but you certainly can't give up five. So Chaz McCormick going to left, and Mauricio Dubon will be your defensive change in center field. So Montero going to deliver the 2-1, and one, bomb ahead in the count. We'll see if he can do anything with it right now. Maybe he's going to swing big here. And he does. It was the fastball, but he was still late on it. 2-2, two, two, the count now against Bohm. Alec Bohm, he had... Home run number 1,000 in the World Series last night, but tonight he's 0 for 2 with two punch-outs. And Montero trying to get the sign right now with the guidance system. That's why you see him holding the ear like this in the sense of it there with Vasquez as they set to deliver. 2-2 pitch. Fastball just outside, about four feet off the plate. And Boehm works it to a full count. I think the reason... And again, that also helps with having a guest speaker, but I think the reason why my voice probably feels a little bit better today than it did yesterday, there was a whole lot less to be excited about as far as runs being scored because none of these have left the ballpark. It's been all Houston runs all in the fifth, and that's where we are, where it's still 5 nothing in the bottom of the eighth. Full count pitch, and boom, swings right through it, and Montero gets the punch out. And that's going to bring up Bryson Stott. No hit going on for the Houston Astros through seven and a third innings. So when we look at our box score right now, you guys can follow along if you're following on the YouTube feed. I appreciate anyone that's bouncing in and out between Twitter spaces and the YouTube side. It's five runs, nine hits, no errors. 
So in the fifth inning, it started with the bases loaded. Alvarez was hit by a pitch. Chaz McCormick scored. Bregman doubled deep to right. Altuve and Pena scored. Tucker had a sacrifice fly to center to make it a 4-0 lead. And Gurriel singled the left that scored Alex Bregman. That was all in the top of the fifth. And that started all with no outs. But nothing since. 0-1 pitch now. Going to get set to deliver it here to Bryson Stott. Stott swings right through the fastball on easy gas at 98 miles an hour, delivered by Montero. And we'll do this again at 0-2. Houston got to feel pretty good. And again, they can throw whoever they want out of the bullpen at this point right now. Don't think that they'll need to go to the closer there, but they still have Stanek, uh, Hector Neris, Hunter Brown, Phil Maton, Will Smith, and this one is fouled up in the air toward the left field side where Chaz McCormick will just go from center to left. He's going to make the catch. And it'll bring up Gene Zagura. So Astros pitching June 25th against the Yankees at a combined no-hitter. Christian Javier went seven innings pitched, 13 strikeouts today. Combined no-hitter through seven and two-thirds. Christian Javier again, six innings pitched, nine strikeouts. Coincidence? I think not. That's what the Astros would say right now. Guy was absolutely locked in. Again, it's one of those situations where maybe, again, you'd like him to go a little bit longer, but all you can do is if the candles are going to burn at both ends, if you can only go six, give you a dominant six. And that's what ended up happening. And this is going to go right to Segura, and this will go right to Kyle Tucker. doesn't even really have to move. So no hitter through eighth right now. And we'll see what happens off the line drive. It was a really good hit and a great reaction by the Philadelphia Phillies fan. The Phillies, you got one more at-bat for the Astros here, but the Phillies are down to their final three outs, down 5 nothing. What's going on between Jose Alvarado? Did he get enough time to actually warm up? Aaron Nola was pulled with the bases loaded in the fifth, and then that's when Bedlam broke loose, and Alvarado was able to get touched up, and Houston scored five. My goodness, and uh, the Phillies certainly have some work to do here. Even if they're not uh, not set to win this ball game, I think they would like to get a base knock here. Uh, I mean, a loss is a loss in the World Series. It doesn't matter what other stats surround it, but this is going to be a huge talking point if things finish the way they've gone so far tonight. Wow. Yes, it certainly is. If you want to go ahead and take the call here, Cooper, feel free to finish it off. Well, I appreciate it, sir. And uh, here we are in the top of the ninth. The Astros wearing those bright orange jerseys. The Phillies on the mound right now. And Hand is dealing to Jose Altuve, who's behind in the count 0-2. We see Justin Verlander watching on from the dugout, chewing at some of that classic double-bubble bubblegum. And the 0-2 pitch from Hand, the left-hander, wearing those red stockings, delivers. And that one is just outside. Altuve thought about it but holds back, and the count runs to one and two. So, John, it must have just been absolute chaos there as those five runs come across. No other run scored in any other inning. But Houston, they've done some damage again, and they're uh, very close to evening this series. Well, like you said, it's been absolutely silent other than that. It's been an interesting game, to say the least. Absolutely. So, Jose Altuve, diminutive infielder for the Astros, veteran presence for the club. Looks at this pitch and knocks it over to shortstop. Going to be a routine play there. Picked up and a high toss across. 
is caught for out number one. So nice play by Stott there on the run. A little tall on the toss over to first. But the play is made. So one away here. And, uh, John, have you liked anything from the Phillies tonight? I mean, I'm not going to say what we know we can't say. There probably hasn't been a lot to love, but has anyone stood out to you in a positive way for the home side? No, it's it's been the complete reversal as far as we talked about it yesterday in the sense of Houston didn't do what they needed to do with their at-bats. You know, maybe they missed a couple chances to hit a couple mistake pitches. I thought Philadelphia did take a couple mistake pitches there from Javier, and then when after that, missing their mistake pitches, they just took some strikes, and they were all sorts of messed up. Javier dominated them tonight. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. It seems everyone's been dominating tonight. And now we have Pena in the box, batting from the right side for the Astros. He's one for four tonight with a single, and he was one of the runs to come around to score in that big fifth for Houston. And delivers the 0-1, and that pitch is low and away. So the count runs to one ball and one strike. Yeah, John, it's interesting to see the contrast here just as I catch myself up on, on all the goings-on or the goings-on that haven't happened in this game for, for one of these teams. Yeah. It's interesting to see the stands being, being uh, they're so tense. I mean, all these fans are up on their feet, but for the exact opposite reason from last night is the 1-1 is low and just off the plate, 93-mile-per-hour two-seamer. So the count now, two balls and one strike, and trying to take care of this side of the inning so his Phillies can get back up and just try to get anything going at the play. This has been uh, a one to remember for sure, John. Absolutely. Again, you saw the towels waving last night, and everybody's had to really sit on their hands. And that 2-1 pitch from hand is a breaking ball that hangs just a bit, and Pena makes no mistake, slaps this one right past the pitcher and into center field for his second single of the night. So runner on first now with one away, Houston leading 5 nothing here. Quite a ball game, John. Uh, I'm just curious, if, uh, have you gotten... Any comments, any folks on the YouTube side? I know you've you, you've covered a lot of these games. Anyone uh, sharing any of their thoughts with you? Uh, I wanted to mention one of those ones in yesterday that said that if you uh, came in here and talk about it, because we talked about the Astros, they might be rooting for the Astros to go ahead and win some of these games, but they said they were a Cardinals fan instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's understandable. It's a nice 80-mile-per-hour breaking ball. Stretches across through the front door for strike number one to Jordan Alvarez, who's cooled off considerably since some big hits against the Seattle Mariners and, and a few against the Yankees as well. But Alvarez always dangerous. We do have a lefty-on-lefty -lefty matchup here. And here's the 0-1 from hand to Alvarez from the stretch. That one's going to be popped up into center field. A little bit of distance on it. But Marsh is going to run this down. Warning track power. Boy, that just shows you what Jordan Alvarez can do. I thought that was a routine fly ball, John. He sent that one almost all the way to the wall. Yeah, as you said, he's been a little bit cold to his standards because we know exactly what he could do. But to your point, he still put that warning track power and put a little bit of scare in here because you already know this game's probably sequentially over down to the last three outs if this can hold here for hand. But any more, I mean, that, that really is it at that point. Yep, absolutely. And so Alvarez strides back to his dugout, taking off those navy blue Adidas batting gloves. And like we said, he knocked one deep into the left center field gap, but was ultimately caught for out number two. So Alex Bregman, third baseman for the Astros, stands in. Two down here, Pena on first, and Han's going to go over to first base now, checking on the runner. Nothing doing as he's back well in time. 
and we'll wait for the first delivery to Alex Bregman. Bregman holds that bat out in front, taps the front foot, and the first pitch to Bregman is sent to the plate, and that one's stroked down the left field line, but well foul bounces off the screen, so 0-1 now the count after the bat on ball right there, and Alex Bregman did uh, that last night, John, remember we thought we potentially had a home run for Bregman, but a nice knock uh, down the left field line ended up curving foul into the stands. Yeah, just like you said, that might have been about seven feet foul. I mean, he smoked it last night. Absolutely. He certainly does have the ability to make this game 7 nothing right here with one swing. Here's the 0-1. No, check that. Hand goes back over to first base, and Pena looks none too interested in that as he just steps back onto the bag and will wait to take his lead once again. So in the previous sequence, I know you saw the ball girl have to play the carom. I'm going to be honest with you, Cooper. She's made some great catches down that third base line if you're just joining in. Well, I'm sure she's had a, a lot of activity, but only by players wearing orange tonight. <laughs> and here's the 0-1. And this one's going to be fouled off the opposite way, curving into the stands on the first base side. So the count now, no balls and two strikes to Alex Bregman. Hand wearing number 52 on his back. Blows into the hand. No pun intended there, as he literally blew into his hand. <laughs> 13 pitches so far for the Phillies reliever. And if I hadn't mentioned it before, Bregman is one for four this evening. Phillies fans with the definite difference in their demeanor tonight as they are subdued, hoping to see their homeboys take the plate and at least get one on the board, trying to do what the, the Astros, John, were going to attempt to do last night. This yeah. is at the point now where the Phillies, literally any hit, any action as hitters is going to make a huge difference because this pendulum keeps swinging back and forth. There seems to be no middle ground. One team dominating the other or making a huge play to win it late. And this uh, series certainly looks to be going to 2-2 here as the 1-2 pitch is delivered by hand and it's well outside at 94 miles per hour, 2-2. Two Cooper, I could not agree with you more. You hit the nail on the head with that. That's the exact inverse of what we had. And uh, we'll wonder exactly what's going to happen here again tomorrow when Justin Verlander takes the hill for Houston. You figure he might give up a couple runs, but he can't give up another five like he did in game one. Yeah, absolutely. And five is the number for the Astros. That's yeah. what they're sitting on right now. That's more than enough as Hand will check the runner, that's Pena, at first base once again. There doesn't seem to be much going on there. Maybe Hand just taking a moment to keep Pena close and not wanting to give up another. So the 2-2 count remains, and Bregman stands in. Waggles that bat close stance. Hand keeps speaking over to first base, and from the stretch delivers. And this 81-mile-per-hour breaking ball Boy, oh boy, Bregman just got under that one. You can see in his reaction, he skies this one for a routine flyout to Kyle Schwarber in left. So that is out number three. No runs, one hit, one man left on, no errors. Ten hits for the Houston Astros right now, five runs scored. We won't mention the scoreline for the Phillies, but it's goose eggs. That's all I can say. And the Philadelphia Phillies will be coming up to bat after these messages. John... Uh, I truly am just catching up here. I mean, obviously, I checked the box score and, and uh, got myself some of the basics before I joined the, the broadcast here with you. Uh, anything else stand out for you? It seems like uh, it seems like 
those five runs got started with uh, a base on balls. Did, were, were there some hits and then a walk, a walked in run, or maybe you can give me a quick uh, catch up on that big fifth. So I'm just going to take a look here. So it was actually a couple of strikeouts. There was a there was a base on ball, but a couple of strikeouts there for Nola, and then all of a sudden that's when things just kept going there. So. Let me see if I'm actually going backwards here, because I think I am on the box score, so I apologize. No, I put you on the spot, too. That's just me being selfish, just trying to, to get my bearings here. But it does seem it, it looks like uh, Alvarez was at bat, and he was hit by a pitch, right? And that did yeah. drive in a run, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's, that's where it started. I just wanted to make sure. So we had a few singles there to start, and then Alvarez was hit by a pitch with bases loaded when Jose Alvarado came in. Bregman doubled. And then it was another one for Kyle Tucker to get a sacrifice fly. Yuri Gurriel has been really good in the World Series. Again, he's got, I think it said 25 hits for Gurriel in the World Series alone. And again, the Astros, I know it sounds like a lot, but the Astros have been here a lot over the last few years. It seems like every other year the Astros are in the World Series. So it was, yes, just all in the fifth, and Aaron Nola had to depart with the bases loaded. He was responsible for three of those runs. Wow! Yeah, just just an incredible development. And, and if if I could have predicted this, oh my gosh, I would go buy a lotto ticket right now. Johnny, you and I agreed. We we thought uh, to the point of being confident enough to almost know that the Houston Astros were going to come back and make some noise. But boy, they have made noise not only with the bats but with their pitching staff as well. And uh, they are in position here to absolutely stun Philly, the Phillies. After Philadelphia really came out and did the exact same thing to them last night, I mean we're we're talking 24 hours, and things have swung back and forth in really extreme ways. I mean this is just fascinating stuff. And that's the thing, Cooper. We knew that they were going to be able to bring something with the bat, but maybe you would say if you and I were being honest, maybe Philadelphia scores a couple runs, but not to the point that it is right now. As Dusty Baker is going to have his closer set to uh, finish this off in the ninth. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not uh, surprised to see none other than Ryan Presley on the mound for Houston, one of the best closers and uh, excuse me, closers out of the bullpen in the game right now. In the season, uh, he was dominant as well. And he's looked so, so good. And Marsh will be the first one standing in. So righty-lefty matchup as an 81-mile-per-hour changeup drops low for ball one. So Brandon Marsh, 200 batting average this postseason with a couple of homers and five RBIs. He's looking to do anything right now with any pitch to hit. And there have been none so far in this game for Philadelphia. No, and he's got a chance to play some meaningful baseball since being traded from the Angels. He certainly does, and there's the 1-0 pitch, 93-mile-per-hour two-seamer that just catches the bottom of the zone, so the count is now even at 1-1. One one. Ryan Presley with that steely resolve. You can see it in his eyes. He's just always calm and focused and a great delivery right there, the 1-1 pitch upcoming to Brandon Marsh, one of the most recognizable baseball players in the game with that unmistakable beard. And a 94-mile-per-hour fastball just misses down low for ball two. Two balls and one strike. Presley's really a two-pitch guy. He's going to get you out with the fastball or the curve, and he's pretty good at it. Boy, he's made a living with those two pitches, hasn't he, John? Yes, he has. 
and a very, very good one at that. So you see the Houston Astros in the dugout. They have some of their knit caps on. It's a little cool here in Philadelphia late into the evening on the East Coast. And the 2-1 pitch from the right-hander is right there, 82-mile-per-hour breaker on the outside corner, two balls and two strikes. Not much you can do with that pitch right now. We'll see if uh, Marsh can find anything here. No, you get a great replay right there on the Fox feed, and uh, you see that spin rate. He just dropped that thing in there. I think Marsh was expecting that one to either stay outside or hit the plate, but it hung in for strike number two. Again, here we are in the bottom of the ninth, 5 nothing Houston, and there's the 2-2 pitch. That one's right down Broadway. Marsh takes a cut at it, shakes his head as he fouled that one back behind the umpire. I think he would have liked to get a better wood on that one, John. That was right down the middle. Yeah, no doubt about that. There's been a handful of those. Christian Javier did throw some of those, but then when you miss that, they also striking everybody out. Yep, absolutely. So the count is even, two and two. Marsh is the first batter for the Phillies here in the bottom of the ninth. Presley shakes off one of the suggestions and now has the pitch that he likes. Comes set. And from the stretch, fires in. And that one is low and in the dirt, an 89-mile-per-hour slider that Marsh offers at and misses. So strikeout number one for Presley. One batter, one K, one down. And the Phillies are down to their final two outs. And he could have tried to hit that with a garden hose. He'd been lucky to make contact. Yeah, I'm a little surprised to see Marsh take a cut right there after uh, offering it the previous pitch, which, as we said, was right down the middle. You can't expect to get a pitch uh, in that location again. Uh, he just seemed to be set on swinging, and that one basically bounced into him. Swing and a miss. Strike three. And now Kyle Schwarber will stand in. He's 0 for 3. But he does have four home runs this postseason. I know the Phillies fans would love to see him make it five as an 80-mile-per-hour slider is just a bit inside, so one ball and no strikes to Schwarber. Yeah, I know we go back to this narrative when you just joined us here, Cooper, but Philadelphia needs something or anything to bleed over to have a little bit of confidence. But again, this series has been so crazy as far as swinging one way or the other. It doesn't seem to matter about confidence. It's the next day's momentum is the starting pitcher, as the old adage is. Yeah, absolutely, and Presley built some nice momentum in this at bat. He draws the count even at one and one after a nice 89 mile per hour fastball. Excuse me, slider is in there uh, in the top of the zone for strike number one. Fox is showing some good angles there that you will see of those knuckle curves, and that spin rate, like you said, Cooper, is absolutely outstanding. Yep, and it was on that last pitch. He dropped it right in there, and Schwarber swings way over the top of it for strike number two. So one ball and two strikes. And unfortunately for the Phillies and their fans here at Citizens Bank, Presley looks absolutely locked in. Uh, so good luck to Schwarber with one more strike to work with and anyone who's going to come behind him. Well, that's what Dusty Baker wanted, to get that solid pitching out from Javier. The bullpen was well-rested. Everybody's doing the job for the Astros. Yes, indeed. So Presley switches back to the fastball there and loses it just a bit. A 94-mile-per-hour four-seamer sails up and away for ball two. So the count's two and two. We are in the bottom of the ninth. Houston, since the fifth inning, has had this five-run lead. Philly with really nothing to show for any at-bats tonight. And that's across all stat lines. We've seen a couple of fans leave here. Schwarber drills the ball. Well foul, but boy, he got all of that 89-mile-per-hour breaking pitch. It was left up in the zone. Pretty rare to see that from Presley. 
And uh, I think Schwarber would like to have that one back, John. Schwarber is pretty demonstrative about pitches that he misses. You can see it on his face when he feels like he should drill one. Yeah, he did have that look of disgust on his face. And now Presley with the 2-2 pitch leaves a 90-mile-per-hour two-seamer outside. And so the count is now full. So Schwarber doing a good job here to uh, to run the count to 3-2. and two. Twelve pitches so far for Ryan Presley, wearing number 55 on his back. Full count. Righty-lefty matchup. Presley the right-hander and Schwarber standing in at the plate from the left side. Takes the bat off that shoulder and rips another shot, an 82-mile-per-hour breaking pitch in the bottom part of the zone is laced foul. So Schwarber has been locked in on a couple of these pitches, and I know he's going to want to straighten one out. Uh, it's been a good at-bat for Schwarber no matter what happens right now. Yep, absolutely. He's looked good against uh, these these couple of pitches from Ryan Presley. The count remains 3-2, and two, one away here in the bottom of the ninth. The Phillies are working with two outs, and a great eye from Kyle Schwarber right there, the 90-mile-per-hour breaker in on the shins. And that's ball number four, John, so a runner on at first base, and just a glimmer of hope now for the Phillies. I'm not going to say they're going to come back and rally and at least tie the game, but at least with Hoskins, Real Muto, and Harper in that part of the lineup, they have an opportunity here to get a couple runs. Absolutely, yeah. We have some, some heavy hitters. I mean, they have not been heavy tonight, but now would be the time, if ever, with Reese Hoskins stepping in. He has six homers and 12 RBIs this postseason. The average isn't fantastic at 186, but yeah, he can absolutely put the bat on the ball. Let's see what he can do here. So righty-righty matchup. Presley with a man on first now. Schwarber not a threat to run, of course, but there's the delivery, and that slider is down low and away. Ball one. There is a significant shift toward the second base side, and that is wide open for a single. Yep, and this is interesting. It's going to be the last year in the, in the bigs that we're going to see that. After this season, it's got to be two infielders on each side of the bag, so the shifts won't be as extreme. And that 89-mile-per-hour slider is right in the middle of the zone for strike number one. Count now one ball and one strike to Hoskins. And Cooper, I know you're just joining in, but that example of the last pitch that you just called, I think Philadelphia was caught looking at a few of those that they wish they could have had back, I would say. that. Yeah, that, that was the case on that one, but that was the first strike of the at-bat. Another good eye right there, 90-mile-per-hour slider is low and away for ball two. So Schwarber did a great job drawing a walk after a battle and, and hitting a couple of really sharp foul balls, and now Hoskins is ahead in the count two and one. Five nothing Astros, one away here in the bottom of the ninth. Philly is fighting as best they can as Hoskins gets Hoskins gets under this one. Kyle Tucker racing in from his spot in right field and will lean to his <laughs> left and make the catch. He did a little extra body English on that one, but ultimately uh, is not bothered by that pop up. Routine play for him. And my goodness, I can't believe this, John. Uh, boy, we're one out away from history here potentially for the Houston Astros with Schwarber on first and only one out left to work with for Philadelphia. Yeah, hopefully Fox statisticians do their due diligence and let us know how many times this has happened in a World Series. Absolutely. I know I, I would personally love to know, and we'd love to share it with everyone else there as we get another look at, 
Kyle Tucker, boy, he leaned way to his left to make that play. Interesting choice there, but whatever gets the job done. So Presley has two outs now. Schwarber is on first, and there's a pitch that's grounded to third. This should do it, John. The toss across from Bregman, and unbelievable. I can't believe I'm about to say these words as Vasquez embraces Presley at the mound. It's a combined no-hitter for the Houston Astros. The second no-hitter in the World Series, John, as we see the graphic, the first ever combined no-hitter by a team in the World Series. The only other one ever was by Don Larson, who pitched a perfect game, and it's zeros across the board for Philadelphia. Five runs on ten hits for the Astros, and John, whether you like it or not, whichever team you're a fan of, we just watched World Series history. Unbelievable. Yes, we did, and to, let's just call it what it is, to combine no-hit the Philadelphia Phillies at Citizens Bank Ballpark is not something anyone could have ever predicted. No, absolutely not. I mean, listen, last night we just talked about uh, the fact that Alec Bohm hit the thousandth home run in World Series history. I mean, that's not a number you would expect <laughs> to be thinking about, but my goodness, We've played so many World Series games through the decades and decades of professional baseball, a thousand home runs, and my goodness, the Astros come back a night later and answer in a major way. They do something even more rare. I mean, you know, I know a thousand home runs is a lot, but you don't every day see somebody hit a home run with those kind of zeros in the stack column, and all of a sudden it's zeros in the opposite direction. A combined no-hitter for Houston. My gosh, it's 2-2 now in this series. Man, I have no guess, John. I'm not going to even try to guess who is going to take tomorrow night's game. Uh, this thing just keeps swinging back and forth. I don't think you can, but I, I, I do. I will admit the brass tacks there. I'll just say it nicely for the Houston Astros, regardless of whether you root for them or not. They got punched in the mouth the other night and lost 7-0. They come back in there, get a combined no-hitter, win 5 nothing as Fernando... As <laughs> this is classic stuff. Of course, Fernando misses our call for the, the history of the Houston Astros pitching a shutout, excuse me, a, a no-hitter in uh, game number four here. I know that, uh, Ferdy, you were probably watching on TV, and uh, thanks for jumping in here at the end. But uh, no crying emojis. We talked about this. Unless you're a Phillies fan, then you're allowed to cry as much as you want because you just got no hit. And, John, and then before I, I know I keep going on these runs here, it's the fourth combined no-hitter in Houston Astros history and their 15th no-hitter in their history overall. I, I could have never guessed in a million years, as the saying goes, that we would have seen a no-hitter in the World Series. Just incredible stuff. No, 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 again, not the way that it went last night when Philadelphia was hitting five bombs in five innings the first time that that ever happened for a National League team. So here's what we know right now. It's going to be a, a pivotal swing game going into Thursday. Justin Verlander will be on the mound for the Houston Astros and then Noah Syndergaard, I believe, is going to take the mound for the Philadelphia Phillies. So whoever wins that one will go up three games to two. Then we get the off night, and it will be a possible winner-take-all on Saturday at Minute Maid. So, Cooper, I'm not going to ask for any of my favors yet because I think I might have to use one of those next year in February. But if you can't call tomorrow's game, can you be on the hook either for Saturday or Sunday? 
Yeah, I think so, man. This is this has been so fun, and, and I promise. I know we got Fernando and, and David listening right now, and I have to, of course, admit that I I unintentionally cherry picked the play by play tonight. <laughs> John did all of the hard work through <laughs> through literally eight entire innings, and I joined the broadcast in the ninth, and and, and he was very gracious and let me uh, literally call history. It was incredible to watch. I mean. I have very little love for the Houston Astros, and I know most people feel that way, unless you're, you know, probably in the state of Texas and not a Rangers fan. But uh, so impressive to watch what they did tonight, and John, glad to be on the call with you, and uh, and I would love to make uh, make an appearance anytime. I, I mean, it may be Saturday, maybe Sunday, but uh, okay. we're going to have some exciting baseball coming up, and, and let's do that together for sure. Okay, because I was going to say, I'll just break it now. The one time I would be asking you would be next year, because when it's uh, the Red Wings and the Flames, I think they play separate Februarys between the 10th and the 17th, so we got to be on the call for those. Yeah, absolutely, and it still it takes me back years and years now. It makes me think of the, the good old days when the Red Wings were still a Western Conference team, but uh, that's a bygone era, so that could be a Stanley Cup matchup, one that I would love to call with you, of course. All right, so we will figure out what's going to happen here tomorrow. I will be on the call as always, and then hopelsportsguy.wordpress.com going to have the story with the call today and whether or not Cooper's going to be there tomorrow. We'll probably get him penciled in for at least Saturday and Sunday if it goes that far. So 5 nothing combined no-hitter for the Houston Astros take out the Phillies to tie this series at 2. So we will see you guys tomorrow night.